You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello. Uh, sad note for Max DeGrand? Sad note Very for Max DeGrand. Yep. Uh, as mentioned on the last episode, RIP Todd Youth. Yeah, uh, so we, uh, scheduling, we had to record early, so I uh, was only able to put in a drop uh, yeah. to commemorate Todd Youth, but uh, uh, we just wanted to do something a little bit uh, a little bit more involved for the man. Uh, you know, I've gone on record as saying Warzone kind of kick-started my interest in music, yep. uh, and uh, for that, I owe the man a debt of grat- gratitude. Unless he ruined my life, which you could make that argument, so whatever. But well, I'll try I feel to. Like call- you might have ruined it. Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> it's I feel my like, bad. Yeah, maybe it wasn't this. It's my bad. I can't blame Warzone. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, uh, I think that we'll just have a quick conversation about how uh, some of the old heads uh, are or will be passing on. Yeah, and I mean, to me, the big thing was, yeah, like the band. Some of the bands the guy did very important to me, or and then some not. And uh, really, more, I just respect him as an artist. And then you separate and go, okay, well, you're an artist and you did these things that mean something to me. But maybe more importantly, you were a man with family and friends and all that. And so hearts go out to those people in his life. And just, uh, it's sad when you see anyone pass. um, And this is a reminder that this is not a big community. And when you see people who are artists, and you got to remember, there's people who are going through shit. And uh, nowhere, you know, there's no speculation on how he passed. We aren't really privy to that. But he was a great guitar player. He used yeah. his music as expression. Um, and I think that's kind of what, when we talk about this stuff, it's it's all we want out of the people who are making the music we love is that they're doing it because it's their passion, it's their expression. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, like you said, like he's a guy with, like, you know, a child or two younger. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, a lot of people that I care for like really hurt by this. So you know, it sucks. He was a super talented dude. He was a lifer. Mm-hmm. That dude was like you know, from the early, early, early eighties, mm-hmm. um, and stuck around and went on to great things and got to play with fucking Motorhead and Danzig. Danzig. He was in Degeneration. He does. Yeah. You know, and it was it was always involved in music. You know, studio musician from what I understand. Yeah, too. yeah, like a super talented dude that almost kind of like outgrew punk and hardcore but never kind of left never outgrew it you know what I mean yeah but like playing wise and stuff he was so talented maybe this is a good moment to speak on Warzone because I feel as though there's an entire generation who kind of disconnected from it and we've kind of touched on it just a little bit here Um, Warzone is a band whose sound is to a genre Uh, it's pretty straightforward hardcore not you know if you're someone who came in and your leanings are more on the metalcore side, more on the heavy side, I could see why you would think Warzone is not good. Yeah. What I want to just kind of put out there is that I hope this is another one of these moments. When Rabies died, that was a real, like, this is pre-internet, but everyone knew. Everyone found out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It's not not totally pre-internet, but it was pretty early. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. And within a year or so, you know, it was an RIP Rabies on the back of every Victory CD. Yeah. Um, the guy and really what Warzone stood for so you know include Todd Youth in this as well and for a large swath a lot of the early New York old New York stuff what they meant to the community and what the band represented in a lot of ways uh, overtook or outstood the music um, in a way that it was like 
the music, yeah, it's an extension, but it's an extension of who we are as people. Um, you know, I think Todd Youth is one of the guys who was out there saying, no, this is people who were, you know, there's an, a clip of him on, I think, uh, Regis and Kathy yeah. Lee. And they're talking about slam dancing and moshing and how dangerous it is, people just punching people. And Todd Youth, in one of the most familiar ways, looks out and he's like, no, you don't get it. Like, people are out there, they're just expressing themselves, they're not trying to hurt people, but then an outsider comes in and doesn't get it, and that's and the person who's up. trying to swing on people. Yeah. And yeah, and, yeah. And so what Warzone is, is you hear the reverence for it. There are tracks, just tracks. Sure. You can hear it. But I could see if somebody didn't get it. But the reason for the reverence isn't the tracks. It's what they meant on a more esoteric level. They meant a lot. It's right. just, I mean, if you, know, you think about like hardcore in general, maybe American or even New York more specifically, there's like eight people that are like the fucking founding fathers. The Mount Rushmore's. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Uh, to steal another WFA thing, but it's like Roger and Vinny and Jimmy and Todd, Harley yep. and John yep. and Ray. And you know what I mean? Yep. And you know, there's so few of those folks <clears throat> that that's why. Like, this isn't just some fucking guy in a band that died. Nope. This is he a dude like who's one, one of, of the, our the founders. Like, yeah. yeah. Played on the first two Murphy's Law records, first handful of Warzone records, mm-hmm. went on to do a lot of stuff musically, and recently was in Firebird. Right. Know, a band who. Right. Uh, was doing things, yeah, and um, so you know, uh, what, what can what's a respectful way to do this? I'll tell you one thing: <clears throat> share your personal experiences, but don't don't tragedize it. It's the tragedy is that a man died, whoever that is, whatever your personal relationship. You know that that's interesting. It's cool to share, but we realize this is more about the man and his people. Show the artist some respect by playing some of his music. Checking out, check out a few of the things he's done. If you can find it, he did a band in the uh, the late 90s called The Home Wreckers. They only did a single really gnarly... A garage garage, punk garage punk, kind of 70s garage punk meets some of that Man's Ruin record stuff, yeah. like proto, stoner, kind right. of like stuff. Really good. The single is hard to find. Right. I, meanwhile, you could... And Generation Records, because I'm pretty sure Todd brought them the singles. So you could buy them yeah. at any time for a few years there. So... Yeah. Mm. Uh, go out, check the man's music out, and find out a little bit more about what he's about, and uh, you know, realize what the loss was here. Yep. All right. Uh, Don't forget the struggle. Very well said. Don't forget the streets. Uh, uh, now on to our regular scheduled program. Welcome to Axe to Grind. One of you guys want to say it? The oh. preeminent hardcore podcast. <laughs> I like, you know what? Pat acts like this is like a video vlog. 
because when he introduces, he puts on a smile. Dude is deadpan the entire time. He goes, welcome to Axe to Grind. He puts a smile on. I'm because selling he it. Because he knows you can hear a smile. Yeah, exactly. You're smizing. Exactly. You, I, you know what I have figured out on, on all the things I do, I should be coming a little bit more peppy. You know what I mean? I'm too me. I'm too me all the time. Too on brand. I'm just me. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm just, just I'm me. just Pat. So, uh, but <laughs> you're like, I'm not. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm just Pat. But like, it's Pat. I should be happier. You know what I mean? Oh. It's radio, right? I should be like, oh, hey, it's the mongoose. You know what I mean? Like, what, what would you be doing today if you weren't recording? Uh, what sitting at your doing? mom's house watching TV, probably. Uh, yeah, I'm dog. I'm dog. That actually would be nice. I'm dog sitting, so I would be watching. Have you guys seen Q? No. The, not yeah. the not the the conspiracy theory, but the movie Q. It's not next gen, dude. No, no, no. It's it's Q, like not you. It no. It's about it's about. I can't say it. Cubert. No, not Cubert. Um, the Mexican like dragon death god. Cucatale, whatever the fuck it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quetzalcoatl. There you go. Thank you. Oh, good. Thank you. It's a it's a movie. Um, like with close. With, no, I was, way, I was way far. Cuticles. Cuticles. <laughs> yeah. so, Cucumber juice. It's a movie. Quasimodo. Samsonite. It's a movie <laughs> way off. about a dragon in New York who devours people. And I'm in. it is so fucking ba- like so it bites the head off of window washers and okay. people that are just sunbathing and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But is it's this from, like a sci-fi movie? Yeah, it's from like no, it's from like 1983, and it okay. looks it's like it's a stop motion. Oh, and it, oh so it's like Clash I'm of the in. Titans. Yeah, I'm and it looks in. like I'm trash, in. and it's great. And I, it's we're on Amazon. Watch, are we gonna so, do a watch through right now? Th- so that's what that I would, might be the next that, episode. Yeah, we're just out. I mean, I got Amazon Prime. Oh, then you need to do a non-hardcore episode because we've preached this. We said you can't just do hardcore; you'll burn out. So we're just going to do an episode where we don't do any hardcore. Okay, so actually, I want to talk about that this episode. All right. Are, are we doing pre-production for the next episode? Yeah, we do yeah, pre-production yeah. here all the time. Yeah. That's what you guys get. Quick, deep, let, deep. Let, let's hit our sponsors. Firstly, I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. I'm Tom. And this is Death Wish Inc. Death Wish Inc. Uh, is a sponsor. And uh, one of my favorite hardcore labels now has expanded to just a label. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like a label that puts out things that you could be of most stripes of subculture and probably find a record you really They've dabbled enjoy. in non-core for a long time, yeah. but they, they care. They, they want to be inclusive and do the whole thing. I'm going to recommend today. Oh, you got it. I do. The Modern Life is War Evolution Volume 2 Navy Blue Long Sleeve. Here, Tom, take a look at that. That's a classic looking hardcore shirt. It has a, a Gorilla Biscuits vibe to it. Yeah, it, but I it's a, it. a navy blue. It's got blue, light blue and red tones. <laughs> Good for the fall. <laughs> goes well with almost anything good for layering did anybody i was so disappointed nobody was really feeling my free charles manson shirt and i thought that was such a classic nod you know what i mean i, I was i was bummed but the garfield me shirt is so good i know we need to go back did you guys get a cease and desist on that no no but we, but no, nothing from pausing we threw that one exclusively to death wish i know so that's theirs they can, i want them to do it again I'm gonna okay. i mean yeah, I might, fine. I'm text if it helps now. get us out of debt fucking take it yeah yeah um, um anything else we want to recommend from them because they do great shit um, I got a lot of positive feedback from folks about the Super Unison song we played a couple weeks ago. Me too. People are like, oh, you know what? That really wouldn't be something that I'd probably be into usually, but I really, 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 really was into that song. I got yeah. a ton of people that responded That's to cool. Same, that. Exact same. And from people who I was not expecting no. to hear from about it, uh, I think that record's cool. I really, I hope that band tours a little bit. I think yeah, that'd be too. cool. Uh, so do you know if they do they have any plans or anything like that? I don't. I could find out before the end of this podcast, I think. Oh. Uh, but the... the uh, uh, so let's put, let's make that our suggestion then. 
You know, I mean, the super unison record, which a lot of people connected with. If you didn't listen to our episode uh, where we listened to music, I get the best feedback period on those episodes. Uh, So go check, go check out the most recent one and you'll hear the super unison song. Pick it, pick up the album. There's so much stuff out there and we are only touching the very, very tip of the iceberg. But you know what? We do try to make it easier because if you go to deathwishing.com and go to their store and enter the promo code. Axe to grind. And you spell that out. You get 10% off. You got to yell it like you're in a mall. Yeah. Spell it out. Triple B Records. Mm. Uh, Triple B. Also another great sponsor that we're proud to have on board because uh, Sam at Triple B is not so quietly putting out some of the best hardcore records uh, of the modern era. Uh, Very diverse. Not even if there's a record I don't like. I'm not mad at it because there's such a variety going now that I honestly did not think he was going to be able to maintain. But I have been very impressed uh, that seamlessly he maintains the same audience that either picks up that record or doesn't and keeps it moving with respect for the label. And uh, he's doing a cool thing. So uh, same deal. If you go to that web store, which is triplebrecords.limiterun.com, you can enter the promo code Axe to Grind. And I urge you to spell, spell it out. Uh, Welcome to Orange Julius. 10% off. <laughs> Buy the Wetzel's pretzels. <laughs> Yell, spell it out. <laughs> I got three recommendations. Okay. One. Well, three. Magnitude 7 inch. Mm-hmm. Two. Eco Strike. Time is now 7 inch. Three. And this is the one I really, I'm dying. <coughs> if you guys do this, I will send you something special. I need to see receipts on it. I'm going to talk to Sam. <laughs> I need five people to order the Triple B coffee mug. It's mm. not expensive. It's actually, it looks like it, it costs you to order about how much it costs us to make our goddamn mugs. No shit. Go order that Triple B coffee mug for you. I want that as a Christmas present for people. <laughs> Christmas is coming. Do your Christmas shopping early. Get your dad a Triple B mug, coffee, Triple B Records coffee mug, and I'll do something nice for you. Wow. I want to see a dad with a mad fucking like a, a broom handle mustache just drinking a cup of coffee on <laughs> they have to i don't know my wife's out returning all the gifts he's got that he's got a warfare shirt on he doesn't know what yeah. any of that shit is he's and like he's send like, demos what the hell's a demo <laughs> i used to work in demo <laughs> ww2 demos what you're sending i'll just do it myself back before i did hvac yeah, i was yeah. i was a demo guy uh, i would also like to recommend a record that is coming out november 3rd officially mm. the ukulu Oh yeah, yeah. self titled seven inch. Mm. Um, it's the demo on Wax. Did they I, just played their first show. Did you guys see it? I didn't have I a chance to go because it was because they went on at six thirty. I was still at work. Yeah. <sighs> um, heard they ripped it. Yeah. Like killed it. Looked awesome. Sounded looked like it sounded awesome. Yeah. Everybody was reaction. They all pulled it off like cool. like shredding and all that sort of stuff. I'm very excited to see what comes next for that band. So I'm trading in a Kulu Futures. Yeah. We yeah, need, I think we're buying what I want is a six song twelve inch EP next. We bought early into the candy futures yes. and uh, we're rich as fuck it's, right it's now. Pay, no, we, you know dividends. who else we bought in really hard mm. on? Fiddlehead. Ah, we bought in hard. I was thinking about this because we're inevitably going to be doing our best records of the year, oh, not yeah. too far in the future. Yeah, which means it'll be a year that we were podcast. That's Fuck. crazy. Um, but it's I want to step say, closer to the icy edge. embrace of the grave. Wow, about to break. Mm. Everything you say to me, <laughs> one step closer to the edge. Um, Chester. R.I.P. R.I.P. Buddy. Yeah. Wow, it's weird. We all look to the sky, and wow. I was yeah. trying to do a moment of silence. I, mean, oh, I don't even bad. believe in Jesus. My I did bad. it too. Yeah. Well, no, but you believe in Chester. He's floating. I believe in Chester. I don't believe in JC. Yeah, no. Uh, JC and... uh, JC Collins from the Nets? Chester CB. 
WWCBD. Um, there you go. CBD. Put sponsor, it on the route. Five. <laughs> Sorry. I was dying in the car with the uh, rig talk. Someone's like, "Oh man, you mentioned." It. I'm like, "I'm just gonna say that." Like, it's really you checking out my rig. So here's the question: Are does he actually suggest you put the CBD oil on your on? No. Okay. That was I. That was a mashup that, was a, that I yeah, did. No, no, he definitely does. Like, you know, grease the rig. Yeah, they have like <laughs> a blue. Uh, they have like a blue chew, like. You can't, you know, if you can't get an erection, you should take oh, this pill. Yeah. They have a CBD thing, mm-hmm. and they have something about making your ball smell pretty. The ball smell pretty one feels like the most kind of, like, is that necessary? Is it like a squatty potty where it seems ridiculous on the surface, but then is really effective and great? Do you oh. soap? Do, on my balls? On your body. Versus what? <laughs> Not? Uh, okay. Do you just I, get in the see, shower you, and like dance yeah, I around I thought this was a crazy question, but now you're trying to answer it and you I, don't know. Yeah, he's, he's definitely he's like, how do I answer I this to sound like a regular Because I know human. him well. Well, I make, I make Amelia kind of mad because if I don't do have- you just get wet? If I don't have any place to be, I'll just kind of shower for the fun of it. And, not, and I'll come out and she'll be like, your armpits smell like you just got- That's like, why? Like you are not going- I don't like chemicals, man. Dude. <laughs> We're so fucking weird. Oh my um, god! I use two different kinds of soap. If that's if that's any, she gets so mad. I do an Irish Spring first coat, <laughs> then I go back with some Dr. Bronner to make sure I don't oh, smell. That's nice. Because like you should see me clean dishes. I'll only use friction, and it makes people insane. I hate chemicals. I hate smell. Chemical. What about natural soaps? There's a lot. Yeah, no, I fuck with some natural soaps. You know what I mean? Like some, but so, you, right, you know what? This some... is a sincere call out. I think we have listeners who do like some soap stuff. If you make natural soaps and you want to be a sponsor, we'll do it in barter system. If you do something that's not in hardcore and you want us to promote it, I actually know that we've gotten good feedback on that. Hit us up. We'll barter. Let's go. Yeah, that's true. We uh, like vegan food. We like yeah. we like vegan food. We like smelling good. Ooh. We'd like Pat's okay. armpits not to smell like a, a no, nutsack. Never, ne- I mean, if I'm... Myballs.com. Look, I'm going to be honest. If I'm not leaving the house... I'm not cleaning this. No, but do you realize do you we record this at your house a lot and I walk in and go, oh. Yeah, man, Let's go to the larger problem. It stings the nostrils. Let's talk about who has mentioned, man, you never leave the house. This is kind of a problem, Amelia. Yeah. yeah. Who is essentially your landlord, Amelia? <laughs> I don't like who, to look at it that way. Wow. It's who really, also it's has dark. now been, been told might have a problem when you have stinky armpits? Yeah. No, she, so here's the deal. She doesn't Once, like your, your musk, man. No, she, no, she likes the Three smell. Strikes, she's just you're she's out. just appalled that somebody could get in the shower and come out for smelling fun. the same. Yeah, that's you know the whole I mean? point. Because well, I'll shower, for, I'll shower for an hour yeah. and then come out, and she'll be like, "Yo, did you wash your armpits?" And I'll be like, "No, nah, it's my day off." So what exactly are you doing in there? Chilling. Yeah. Getting it, my do you best, have a seat? Just getting my best ideas. There a seat yeah. in there? No, I lay no. in the shower every time I've every laying time in the I, shower is a fantastic experience. I lay in the shower. It's amazing. You lay. You I let the pee water. Too, I let, oh, I pee all yeah. over my feet. Yeah. I, I pee on everything. No yeah. athlete's foot for you. No, no. I, I try to stay ahead of it. You're like Taco from the league. I just, try to stay ahead of it. I pee on my feet all the time. Ask the I'm, I'm like life code. Piss on your feet. Pee on your hands, Jorge Posada. You know what I mean? Do you not put deodorant on? Uh, okay, no, sorry, we're getting into my personal hygiene here. I mean, I, I, I'm allergic. Did you notice how he avoided the soap question but gave a long answer to say no? No, okay. no, no. I fuck with soap. Sometimes I fuck with, I fuck with Dr. Bronner's and my girl gets some mad expensive natural shit and I'll fuck mm-hmm. with all that. But if I'm at somebody's house and all they got is like like uh, Axe body wash or some shit, mm-hmm. I'll just smell. You know what I mean? Because I don't need those chemicals on you my body. You don't bring your own shit on the tour? No, I'm an animal. I don't bring my own towel. I don't bring my own fucking... I don't bring anything. You don't bring like toiletries with you? Toothbrush, toothpaste. Toothbrush, toothpaste. You don't brush your hair? 
I've, I haven't washed my hair in five years, six years maybe. Are you kidding me? No. If you, if you don't wash your hair, you don't need to wash your hair. That is some bullshit. No, it's true. That is some weird ass. It's like, true. It's like being a duck. Your body naturally uh, regulates the oils. If you don't wash your hair, you don't have to wash your hair. That's the way it works. That you, is some circular you go, weird you, bullshit. Nah, you go through five weeks of it being mad greasy, and then you are good for life. Then you just greasy all the time. No, you're good for You don't really look hair. greasy. No, I'm not no, greasy. I'm killing it. But you do wet it. Yeah. That's so fucking yeah, He's laying down in there. I'm laying. Yeah, yeah it's, it's unavoidable. A, do you wear a cap? No, nah, no get, cap. No cap. No cap. No, no cap. No cap. Yeah. So, uh, Sorry, everybody. Anyway, I'm allergic to most deodorants, so I use that crystals. Okay. Oh. Love the crystals. Love the crystals. All right. Well, we're going to work on some soaps. So there's a store in my building that sells Dr. Bronner on the cheap. Can I get you some Dr. Bronner? Wait, I've, I've got Dr. Bronner. I'm just saying. If, like, I think there might be some good options out there. Oh, I, I guys, I know what soap is. <laughs> also, I my, know what soap is. I just don't use it. Also, my girl, I don't know if you noticed this. She's like put together. Like her shit is yes. on point. Like yeah. yeah, even when she's trying to be sloppy, yeah. she ain't sloppy. Yeah, no, it's like she pose her ass when she like wears. Yeah, like she's like, oh, look, I'm shit. wearing like, sweats. Like yeah, yeah, no, okay. you still look good. But she's very put together. She loves all that. Like mm-hmm. she's minimal, but she loves skincare. Loves all that shit. Yeah, of course. So so uh, she's got the expensive. She was excited. Let me get it like this. The excitement the last two days has been that we're almost finished the Dr. Bronner's because she's so excited to try this new, new product mm. that she got. And I'll fuck with all the shit. You gotta I'm just step saying, it up, man. I got it. Yeah, no. If your girl's excited, the, you know what's been great? I'm almost out of soap. If that's with her, like... <laughs> no, please. You may want to bring some flowers home after this. <laughs> Something, man. Step it up a little bit. Something. Bring her but home, like, extra... She loves that shit. Like... I mean, a lot of people do. And it's fine. Yeah. I mean, point is... I'm not as grimy. I as run it. around in the like. I make believe I'm singing in the rain and I'm dancing. I I love the shower. It's where I get some real thoughts going. Uh, but no, no. Uh, and I'm not as grimy as we're all sounding. I no, you're it's a clean just dude. my day off, clean dude. I understand. Day I mean, off. I mean, you're ne- playing fast and loose. But day clean. O- yeah, well, it's not the cleanest. But day off. Twid man shirt. Mmm, smelly. Oof. Smelly. I put my hand on it. Smelly. All right, what do we got? Are you gonna wear that purge shirt until Halloween? It is a Halloween-ish shirt. But Very the, new metal. It looks it, like it I could know. be Slipknot. So, so, so here's the question. Kiss me. Some, it was either a comic book-related shirt or a movie, and I'm glad it was the movie. So sometimes I'll wear it on and tour, free. and I never know if people get the reference that it's a Purge shirt. No. No. I okay. love those movies. That's the only reason why I knew it. Okay. And she was a, ca- a scary character. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who? No, do you know who it is? I do, yeah. Well, I don't know her name. I don't. No, no, no. But I'm, you I'm know, not, you're familiar. I'm not, I'm not steeped in the lore. You're but familiar yeah. with the character. <laughs> yes. She's the one who's fucking with uh, Bubba from Bubba Grump Shrimp. Right, right. The right. guy that owned yeah. the bodega. That she. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like big time, like harassing the the kind people of yes. the bodega. Yes. yes. Um, okay. Today. Yes. We're is the greatest. We're not going to spend the whole episode talking about Patrick's. Uh, do you want to talk about all of our like? What's your routines? What do you we got? Should, what do I do? Um, what do we'll I see. do? Uh, it's you shower. shower every day. Yes. No matter if you're going out or not. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Sometimes more than once. Depends on how I'm feeling. Sometimes it's nice to just lay in there. Um, we have a stand-up shower, so sometimes I just have to sit yeah, and like yeah. lean back with the knees, and it's tough. It, it's kind of depressing. 
um, soap all the time. I use a bar soap sometimes. Oh, Amanda interesting. doesn't fuck with that. She thinks it's weird, but I like it. <laughs> a lot um, of people think it's dirty, but I don't really I understand. Like, like, like once the like once the first layer goes away. Yeah, but how many have you ever gone into a shower at somebody's house and there's a pube on it? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, I, you have to have no hair on that thing. You get, that thing better be clean. You gotta like do like the yeah. You gotta move. Really, it there shouldn't be a lot of hair in your shower. Period. And end of story. Whether you with you know, and and women have more hair, so sometimes typically, yeah, my girls leaves hair everywhere, and for me it's that's okay. weird because because I'm like a thing I'm religious stuff. about. Yeah. A thing I'm religious about is if I shave, uh-huh. no hair, no hair. I don't want to leave a trace. You shave in the shower? I shave. I do my first pass in the shower. Yeah, and, and you do some touch up, and then I I'll look do, in the mirror. I started doing shaving in the shower. And I'll get right under the water, have it water, because I don't use any shave foam or gel or anything. Oh, wow. Nothing. What? Dry. I never have. What? Well, I'm sorry. But I mean, if, Since I was if young, you use hot water, you don't really need them. Never. Really? Don't use it. Yeah, man. If you have a dry shave, that One, shit's yo, Dry shave socks. So, just so I, I, I can't, I straight up, like if I shave with a safety razor or something like that. Yeah, yeah. My skin is cashed. I'm I'm not looking like a real person. Welcome to Gentleman's Corner. Yeah, no. Robert. <laughs> Yo, rub that, Patrick. You know what it is? Rub that, Thomas. Rub that CBD. Yeah. You don't oh. shave too much, right? No. And how often do you have to shave? If you do a clean shave, when's the next time you have to shave? Okay, so I haven't done a clean shave in 10 years. Uh, but I will do a... No, like, you know, like... You, I, no, like, I, use, you, I use clippers on my face. Oh, really? That's the closest oh, I come so that's to... that's probably why. You know what I mean? But yeah, I use a clean shave. I use this Is that, Are those clippers only used for one reason? No, they go everywhere. Okay, that's I don't give a fuck. No, it's good. Um, <laughs> but I'll do that. I shaved, uh, I shaved yesterday. Mm-hmm. Sorry to come back. Yeah, you're not brutal, though. You not get, brutal, but give me... By the end of the recording, it's going to be a little thicker. It's get, not 5 o'clock shadow, but it comes. Are you a beard guy? Do I get a beard? Were you ever a beard guy? No, never. But you, but can, I'll, you look I'll, like I'll you got good away. coverage. Pretty good coverage. I don't have any splotches. Right. No. I do. But I get. Yeah, I used tough. to have. I used to have red beard, and now it's gray as hell. Like little splotches welcome, of that. Welcome yeah. to old age, buddy. Yeah, I know. It's welcome been it's been gray for a while. Um, but yeah, shave. I, I don't like shaving. I had a job once where they tried to make me shave every for the day. Yankees? When you mm. play for no, the Yankees, I wish. I wish <laughs> no sideburns. These are. What are you talking about? Um, let's see. Uh, that's it. I have a body gel that I use, but I don't love it. I don't use it that often. Um, but yeah, I try to shower. I was I try to shower before I go to sleep because I don't like being sticky. But if I can't, I'll deal with it. Um, yeah. What about you, Tom? I'm a multi shower a day person. No shit. Sure. Morning, yeah. evening. Sometimes, if I'm going out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what I do? Shower in the morning before I go to work. Mm-hmm. Get home from work. Shower. Go. Like I'll make okay. time. To get it. Like it would probably be easier like if I went straight from my office to this concert yeah. or to this random thing I'm going to. I will hustle home just to get 15 minutes in the shower. No, I feel that's a nice out. decompress. I like that. Yeah. I feel that. And if I've been on anything like a bus or a crowded subway, oh, yeah. it's a shower for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Crowded subway is really tough. I got other people's disease on me. I don't yeah. need this shit. I'm a bar soap and a, bro- and a, and a Dr. Gel. Bronner's guy. Oh, mm. nice. nice. Okay. Okay. Um, I still haven't read the entire Dr. Bronner's bottle. Oh, I have. I have it's it. changed. Has it? Yeah. Is he still alive? Nope. So someone is R. like... R.P. Dr. B. Yeah. Uh, he's got a fascinating history. He was... Uh, I mean, his bottle is covered with... So he was... This is what kind of brain he is, or was. Uh, he was in an asylum. Uh, and, you don't say. And he was... <laughs> he stared out the window. He was there for like a year. And he stared out the window every day at a factory across the river. And the first place he went when he got out of the fucking asylum was to that factory to explain that their smokestacks, that there was a certain amount of loss, that they, like whatever the, yeah. you know, whatever the thing is, right? That they could be more efficient. And they were like, uh, do, do you have an appointment? <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> and, 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 he, and he's explaining it to them. And they're like, okay, um, 
who are you? And he's like, well, I, you know, I'm a soap maker, or I forget what he was at that time. He made cosmetics or something, but he's sure. like, but you know, I, uh, I, I just had a view of your spot from the asylum across the way. And they're like, they're like, Oh, thank, do, you, so, do, yeah, do, yeah, yeah, thank you so much for the suggestion, sir. Yeah. You know I mean? We'll take it under advisement. Uh, but that was the kind of mind he was, you know, uh, moral ABCs fascinating. It's just like, if you just took like a person who mishmashed 10 different things and then a bunch of weirdly Kipling, uh, writings. Oh yeah. That's weird. Uh, is that what you do in the shower? That's why you're in there for an hour? Just yeah, trying to read your A, a through Z? Reading. Exactly. Some light reading. The moral ABCs. Uh, what, what, what is it? Uh, uh, all one or none. All right. You know what I mean? We in. All one or none. That's it. You guys want to talk about hardcore for a little bit? Yeah, hardcore We, could, we should do the non-core. We're going to do the no-core episode soon. That was pretty no-core. Not talking about the COC. I that was like 15 I mean, minutes I, no-core. I, you, painted me as a, you painted me as a crusty, so it's a little, it was a little hardcore. Well, you're getting ready for War Profiteer. That's mm. true. We're just going to keep dropping this until yeah, it's like... Oh, it's, it's already a thing. I got the demos, and they are at least... They're currently in their current state. You could probably put them out on a small label. Demo. I thought that was a demo someone sent you for harm reduction. No, no, no. That's how good it sounds. Demo release will be available on the the self-defense tour for between three and five debt credits. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, And uh, it will include a USB that uh, has uh, writings on uh, tax redirection. And uh, also, uh, how to three D print your own handgun and the you, Anarchist cookbook. If you want, I'll make a little like uh, I, I make paper sometimes. Mm. It'll be recycled from old books. Oh, I, I like this. Yeah, so yes. we'll make a little thing and maybe maybe I'll screen it with like fruit dyed ink or something. I'm like with that because I can do that. Okay. Uh, rem- does happening? anybody remember when uh, the the only place I ever really saw this was the Earth Crisis releases that said uh, produ- uh, made on recycled paper using soy based inks. Yes, do you remember that? Yes. Um, I got to check to see if that's still a thing that is seen as more efficient for the environment or not. I don't I was know. Just checking something. Um, okay. Core. Hardcore. We did an episode a while ago. We called it Unsolved Mysteries. And really it was about Wong. rewritten history. Um, and uh, rewritten histories of bands. And that, just to kind of give you the explanation, the long blotty blah Sometimes, over time, things get misremembered. Views get skewed. Perceptions change. Stories change. And we're kind of with that. But sometimes you got to go, wait a second. That doesn't... Wait, really? That's not right, is it? And so here we are to check some of those stories. And again, we say your timeline is not the truth. Your truth might be different than our truth, but we're trying to give you at least a version of it that we're vetting through three people. That's a good way to put that. Uh, who controls the narrative? So, where do we want to start? I'm going to start with a band from the Garden State. Mm. One might call them Garden State Hardcore. Mm. If you're of a certain vintage, you might remember their shirts with that on them. Mm. Talking about Ensign. Okay. You guys are both familiar with the band Ensign. I am familiar. I think a band that I saw by accident more than any other band, maybe besides Hatebreed. I am not surprised by that. Um, you saw Hatebreed on by accident? Yeah, when I first was going to shows in Albany, uh, Hatebreed was played everything. I want to say that they were in their like most will jump on anything tour cycle. Yeah, against all opposition. Yeah. <laughs> so I I think I've seen Hatebreed and Ensign a lot by accident, and that makes sense. Ensign popped off. So what's the current narrative of Ensign? 
Um, and I, I say this, they're, they haven't been a band for a pretty long time now. Um, is that accurate? Um, like yeah. not an active band. Like those dudes yeah. are still around. They still do stuff. <coughs> Tim, for example, is in the band Fuck It, I Quit. Mm. A pretty active band. But they haven't been an active band. They haven't released a new record since like 2003. Something like that. Right. Really? I think so. Yeah. There might have been an EP after that. What was, that, was the last record? Wasn't the covers record? Was it? Hate the music. Love the love the music. Hate, hate the, the kids. kids. Yes. That, that's the last. Record. That's the last thing they reissued. Wow. Wow. So <clears throat> the thing that's happened is that they have been written out of a large swath of history from the time period I'm going to talk about, which is the late '90s and this late '90s revival. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of these bands. Floor Punch, Ten Yard Fight, In My Eyes. So that's a simple math right there. People have repainted the 90s to mean 90s hardcore, quote-unquote, which now they see as a genre, which Mm -hmm. is Earth Crisis and Strife. You know what I mean? That's basically what people paint as 90s hardcore, uh, which I'm okay with that being the... uh, uh, the genre, I'm, I'm okay with that being quote unquote '90s hardcore. Sure, but that certainly doesn't tell the actual story. Of, I think 15 uh, years ago, I would have said '90s hardcore was more like was more to me the slower new age stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, obviously, the victory stuff. I feel like that definition has shifted more to to the populist view, which is like, yeah, Earth Crisis was more important and relevant than the new age stuff, right? Snapcase was more popular and relevant and probably more important. Strife kind of came from the New Age world, but we're more a victory band. And that stuff... And still, there's the nod at the New Age stuff for sure. The Outspokens, the Unbrokens, the Mouthpiece. Those are there. But I'm talking about the late 90s where there's the revival, right? Right. And people still remember Floor Punch. Floor Punch is the one that survived out of that. Is that, you think, an accurate thing? Of that, yeah, yeah, right. And I, I mean, yeah. if you like that kind of stuff, Floor Punch is the top of the pops. Then you go to In My Eyes, they were quality. Like, there was a time In My Eyes was probably more popular and a busier band than Floor Punch was. Oh, definitely, right. And yeah. that's kind of forgotten too. Ten Yard Fight, they maybe out of all of these bands, because of their name and imagery, was striking and was a brand in a way that the rest of those bands weren't quite. And like I think they were a lot of introductory because it was like, oh, this is a football straight edge band? What? You know? Yeah. Um, but they weren't, by the end, they weren't as popular other than being like a name that was known throughout. And yep. everyone either hated them or kind of liked them and thought they were cool. In 1996, 1997, I think it's almost undeniable that Ensign was right in that bag with mm. those kind of bands. Yeah. They weren't a straight edge band, but they were in that world. And they played those shows with the Floor Punch, 10-Yard Fights, Fast Break, Rain on the Parade, uh, you know, Rancor, Atari, all that kind of stuff. Because there's, and even more so than that, they weren't in the second tier. The second tier is when you get down to Rain on the Parade and Atari and Rancor. There's a whole world of that. They were right there with the Floor Punch and, and... in my eyes and 10 yard fight bands I would say glo- like globally they were bigger than they got almost bigger. all of those bands they absolutely got bigger um, and I think they were probably at the time I'm talking like that early era 96, oh, okay. 97 because yeah. they definitely got bigger there's no I don't even think you can make an argument other than maybe in my eyes 
on a recognized level, but Ensign toured more than them and played more right. than them. I mean, Ensign went would on like bigger sell out Gilman and do like you know they they did a lot. Their early stuff, they released two seven inches on Indecision, then do an LP on Indecision. I think the two seven inches are like 96, 97. And then the LP comes out 97 as well or later on in 97. Those two seven inches are right in that lane. It's faster than most of the new age catalog of stuff. It has some of those undertow like like you can tell that the that it's coming from some people who like 90s stuff, you know? But it's more influenced by New York. They're sick of it all influences. There's parts of those first two seven inches where I hear youth of today. There's also a lot of vision, a lot of like almost melodic leaning into the verbal assault style type thing. But they were a part of that world and they've been written out of it. Yes. Uh, like they're not talked about. They were on the Growing Stronger comp, but they are written out of it. My reason, they were too good at being a band. Okay. They uh, went, pro. They, they went pro. Let's always speak, touring, let's speak always, on that because yeah. I, my role for this particular band is going to be to occasionally ask questions because sure. while I've seen this band many times, uh, th- all the bands you just listed yes. in that scene are of zero interest to me. Correct. And I have, I want to, I want to contribute to the conversation. Except in my eyes. You said you liked it in my eyes. I mean, of those acts, that's probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no 10 yard fight, huh? No, I don't I, see him like, I think really I owned, I own like the material. But like hardcore pride, man, that's great. I mean, I'm down. Sign me up. I th- you never. I think if we listen to it now, <laughs> like Bob, you probably revisited it ahead of them announcing that they were doing a show. I'd imagine, or or I revisited you- it at some point. Yeah, in okay. the last year. In the last year, Tom, you revisit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does it stand up at all? Yeah, actually, um, hardcore pride does, and the last record does. Um, What's the last one? The only way, or is the only way? That? Yeah, the only way. Yeah, it's it goes hardcore pride, which is. So there's Demo 95, right. Hardcore Pride, which is a 7-inch CD on EVR, puts out both together. Mm. Then there's the highly anticipated but ultimately very disappointing um, LP, Back on Track. Right. And then the final 7-inch, The Only Way. Um, production on all of them is pretty good. Hardcore Pride, it's funny because in terms of like New York style like mosh parts... There's almost none, but there's a lot of 90s parts on it and a lot of like borderline chuggy parts, but they were slightly faster and branded themselves right. cleaner. So yep. that's 10 yard fight. Um, but the production holds up decently. Do, could I possibly connect to it like I did when I was 16? Yeah, sure. No. Yeah. But, you know, so there is a tongue in cheek nature to it that like yes. enables it to like, they're being serious, but there's a self awareness of like, Okay. We're also singing about football. Yeah. Um, Back in 82 when the Cowboys were, in, were strong. We played flag football all day long. Yeah, until, you lost me. I mean, until 83 when Dad said it was time. We played tackle together. We crossed the goal line. I don't know if that's if there's real sentiment buried in there or if that's Those just days the goofiest are gone, thing ever. it back. Oh, I mean, Jesus. I know all the lyrics. Uh, maybe for... Every time you're a fight song. All right. I, I didn't mean to derail us. Anyway, Let's go so. back. Ensign is different than that because Ensign, as you said, was maybe too serious for some. I mean, so, right, so say for, we know Four Punch and Tour. No. Did like in My tour. Eyes tour, but tour. The only thing I can think of, and this is probably totally off, the only In My Eyes tour I can think of is the Rev one would speak and Ben in a Thousand. I believe they did that, and I believe they did maybe one 
other, and they did like a West Coast weekend. They did a fly out West Coast weekend. They did this, the Rev Tour, and then they did Europe. They might have done Europe. <coughs> they did Europe at least once, maybe twice, and ended up breaking up during the... They did a European tour. I don't know if they did two. They did a European tour uh-huh. where they went over and the singer left the band and they had um, roadies finish it up and that essentially signaled the end of the band. They broke up on... Their last show was Edge Day 2000. They... From 1998 on, I think their shows in the US were relatively sparse after the Rev Tour. All right. Yeah, I'm just saying this in comparison to like, say, Ensign. And Ensign, I think from like 97 on, toured... Like a fucking, like a a motorboat. And their first two seven inches came out on Incision. Their first LP came out on Incision. What people don't know is that then you go through everything else. Tenured Fight, their demo, their first seven inches on Big Wheel, which did well, but then then it's reissued on EVR. Decent size label, big. Indecision was as big as EVR at that time. Mm. Or close. Same distribution at least. Floor Punch? They get their demo in 7-inch reissued on EVR as Gold Line Stand. 7-inch comes out on In My Blood, small label. In My Eyes, self-release demo that comes out a little later than that stuff. I think the In My Eyes demo is 97, maybe 96, maybe 96. Um, And then goes right to Revelation. But the Ensign stuff comes out on Indecision and gets attention and gets out there everywhere and they go tour. And like my comparison is they they looked around and everybody looked around and looked at the late 80s and what was going on. And Ensign was like, oh, we can we can be sick of it all. Sick of it all does the way it does the together comp, does their seven inch on rev, the stuff goes redone on the way it is. And then they go and do their LP on is it Oh, it's on in effect. In effect. And they bust out and they just say, oh, we're not yeah. going to be like just a New York band. We're not going to just do this. We can do this and do more. And that's what Ensign did. I think they followed that model and they went and toured and they toured with a bunch of bands. Toured with Good Riddance? And then do a split with Good Riddance, which on is where Orphaned I think Records. they're on Orphan. Shout out, Jerry. Jerry. What's up? Also did the Uprise 7-inch. Shout out. Also did the H2O Can't Get Off the Phone 7-inch. I own it. Shout out, Sperm. Um who's the nickname of the dude who drew the cover of the H.O. Yeah. Can't Get Off the Phone 7 It was a contest. So look at that record. Quite the artiste. <laughs> Is that right? Oof. <laughs> Not good. He was a pro skater, though. He's a good friend. Mm. We fall on his head a lot? I'm sure he did. <laughs> um, so regardless, I think they... By, by the time their LP comes out, they were a big band. Like A lot of the dudes who were a little older than me in New Jersey looked at Ensign the same way they looked at Floor Punch. Like, this is a band who's, this is our band. Like, a lot of these dudes who were around for the last stages of Mouthpiece and loved it, but no, here's our bands, Ensign and Floor Punch. Awesome. But the Ensign LP comes out, and I actually listened to it. It's good. I, like, I always was like, I like the first Ensign 7-inch. I really, like, because it was the 90s, and that's the record I got. And I didn't have the second seven inch and I didn't have the LP, but that's the stuff I was most familiar with. When I would see them live, those were the songs I was waiting for. That was the shit I liked. And then I got that other stuff. And I was like, oh, this is good. But I listened to it objectively. I'm like, oh, objectively, the first seven inch is the most 90s. 
the second seven inches faster and actually has parts that I was like, oh, this is really good. More so, I like this production-wise. It was the worst production they had, I think. And then I listened to the LP and I'm like, I don't know why I wrote this off. This is good-ish. You know, like, this is cool. They play and they start getting huge. They got they got more popular than all those other bands I was talking about, at least for a minute. With who? Nationally. Note that these bands, everyone else we're talking about, I think Ten Yard Fight toured a little bit, but didn't tour like in the middle of the country. Ensign mm. was doing full U.S. tours. But I, I guess what I'm asking is, who's the fan? Everybody. It, like, like they were kids. doing got Good Riddance tours. They were doing Sick of It All tours. They AFI were doing tours. AFI tours. Yeah. They were playing to a large audience. And that's why their second LP comes out on Nitro. Okay, which right, is right, 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 right. A bigger label. Nitro's the label that did all the early AFI material. Yeah. I think oh. the dude from Offspring owned it. Dexter yeah. Holland. Yeah. yeah. Pretty fly for a white guy. Sure. Fun fact their offices were right down the road from Revelation for a very long time. And apparently they were next door to Indecision. Incision was like in the rev offices, I think. Oh, maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it says on the doing some Wikipedia. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so nah, nah, so nah. I think they got written out of it, and I'm not gonna stand here for them. Like, I really like the first seven inch partial nostalgia. I think if you're somebody who likes stuff from the world of verse, have heart, that kind of material, if you listen to Ensign, you'd probably like it. Yeah, um, it's like strife. Strife for sure. Yeah, there's another easy comparison point. Yeah. But like, they get lost. They were very much like like a terror that terror had has had ups and downs in popularity. Mm-hmm. Ensign wasn't at the same scale that terror always has been at, but they were in a level where it was like, hey, this is a band who can go tour and, you know, I'm not going to count people's pockets, but like they did the band full time, yeah. you know, and were very successful. I've told the story of being at Chicago Fest, which was a largely punk hardcore fest, like on the more like punkish side of things. And Anson fucking killed it. They didn't steal the show, but they might as well have because the entire room was circle pitting for them in spring 2000 in a time where their shows in New Jersey had dipped a little bit. And then they came back. Like they're a band who I get to watch in that time period go up and down. And I don't think they get the due that they actually deserve. So okay. I want to give uh, give props to that and say that their history got kind of written differently than it actually is. I don't think they're a band people talk about much today, but like they totally were a part of that world. They were a band who was part of the resurgence in more classical, late 80s sounding hardcore coming back. And they were totally a part of it. Yeah. And I mean, in Jersey, they were a phenomenon. Yeah. Oh, their shows and and you know, in thinking about this, I talked to some of my friends who were a little older and they're like, Yeah, Ensign shows were bigger than Floor Punch shows for a minute. And even when they were like they were uh, even keel. I saw them at the same shows and the Ensign reaction would be just as big as Floor Punch and vice versa. Yeah. You know, so And they toured a lot, man. Yeah. How really do you, how do you sell this to a kid though? I, I like look, I don't know anyone who is young. Who name checks Ensign? I know, and I, I, my, my cell would be. They sonically are more reminiscent of stuff that I hear now, mm. and stuff that I heard ten years ago, than Floor Punch, and that I don't, you know what I mean? Like for as much love as Floor Punch gets, and I love Floor Punch, a band I really enjoy. 
I see a lot of bands who say they sound like them or kind of something. They don't. No one really sounds like Floor Punch. No, you know why? Because a lot of them miss the miss the story, which is like, yeah, they have like New York style drum beats and like break parts, but they're also going for really fast. Right. You know, like if you want to sound like them, listen to Brightside, but strip out some of the more metal leads, and then listen to Straight Ahead and speed it up. Yeah. And so it's hard. I think, like, like I really do. An early Axel Grind episode, we somehow made a have heart ensign comparison, and I hear that both being kind of like strife adjacent parts, yep. and then also having slightly melodic parts that add in. Like, if you're just hearing this and you like any of the bands I've mentioned, oh, and I even heard Chain of Strength parts in a song. I'm Tim like, would wow, be so bummed. That's <laughs> okay, but I hear it, and you know, like. I can hear like, that too. Yeah, you know, I I just think that that's a band who unduly like they had an interesting relationship with New Jersey, and I mean this is this is a thing where I'm I could say it to a lot of places where a place falls in love with your band and then falls out of love, and then a new crop falls in love with your band and they fall out of love. You were know, you, were you in attendance at the Four Punch Ensign football game? No, no, I was too young for that. Wait, okay, because that was like kind of. Like that was a legend, legendary. Yeah. yeah, floor punch won by a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, they had like fucking didn't like Porter played the, college football. Yeah, he blew out his knee, or he would have probably gone to Florida State. Shout out. Mm. Um, I someone I is a big was, dude. Was it detox? Like someone detox did was a, a ringer. Did he do a zine? Someone I found. I'll have to find it, but there's definitely a um like a write up about it. Like Look, Edson I mean, got here's, slaughtered. Here's the deal. Yeah, Edson, Nate Gluck. Going I believe the deal. The, the way people put it is, it was a football game. And one team of like punk dudes who came from a punk background showed up, and the other team was came named Floor Punch, and they yeah. knew how to play football. <laughs> right, so, they had cleats, and and Tim showed up in like cutoff shorts. Yeah. So so yeah, but legendary. And it, so <clears throat> Floor Punch burned out bright, you know. And Ensign, it's it's not. I hope they don't take this in any sort of way, but they, they faded out a little bit, but they kept doing, they weren't fading out. They played everywhere and they did banging numbers in a lot of places. Yeah. And a lot of people love them. And it's just, they were an entry point band for a lot of people. Yeah, they were, were age range. Right. That I recall. And they, I think it's, you know, you guys are sick of it all super fans. So this is said at a level blow, but they did a lot of things that sick of it all was doing. They were doing the grimy work, touring, playing and they played a lot of places and opened up a lot of spots to do hardcore shows yeah so, so props to them i think that uh i can still listen to the first seven inch and the second seven inch um it's all out there and the lp the first lp is really good they lose me on the second lp musically it just wasn't my thing but and then they do a third lp where they change it up sonically but i think that's what happens they kind of caught flack for that at the time but they had been a band for six years and they were doing the thing the legend always goes if Floor Punch was going to write a record after Fast Times, they were going to have to learn how to write metal leads because they're like, oh, if we're going to do this, our next record's got to be like like New York style. Like we're going to have to do Brightside meets Born to Expire kind right, of like right. metal leads. Hmm. I just, I wish that there was a way, like everything, I haven't disagreed with anything that's been said here. I just feel like Ensign is really far out of the collective consciousness right now. And yeah. I don't know, like everything we said, I'm curious, you know, if you're, if you are, uh, say under 25 and you're hearing this and I write us. Okay. If you were born after 1993, there you go. Write us 
and tell us if you know what Ensign is. Yep. Be honest. Doesn't matter. Nobody yeah, judging you. Yeah, we're not. And, yeah. and what? What if any significance it has? Like where you would tier it? No, and I don't. Yeah, I don't think they would. And, and, and it's hard because it's like, look, I'm assuming that. Based like, do on people the, think that's just a New Jersey thing? And they might. And it wasn't because they no, were doing I, better. No, please, I know. But yeah. like, they killed and the they California did, yeah. There is probably times, and I know that this is true, where they would go on tour and do much better than they did in New Jersey. Right. And and like that's not just Henson. That's a lot of bands. Like I think there's a lot of myths. The band Mental, they, they had a couple big shows in Boston, mm. but outside of the big shows, they'd play there and it'd be empty room. Right. Or, you know, just the, because... You know, and this there was just different scenes in that place, you know, and like the the small shows that have heart when they were just starting and guns up when they were just starting verse when they were just starting were playing weren't really a part of the like mental scene and the mental scene was people who were getting older and you know, that was different. Ensign was doing big tours and when they'd come home, sometimes they have a big show and sometimes they wouldn't, mm. you know, and and then New Jersey was starting to do new things. And then there'd be a new wave of people who embraced them or people who were like, nah, that's not, yeah, that's not what we're, we're not a part of that. That's fine. You know? I'm, I'm going to find like a silk dress to put on Ensign because I, I, we just need to make this sexier because I, I feel like, I, like. Yeah, no, just, and it's hard because I think, is there a sexiness to things that were really heavy a part of that? Like, like you can get away with telling the story of the late 90s revival stuff the like floor punch in my mm-hmm. eyes, 10 yard fight and not mention Ensign. And that's kind of the part. Oh, you can get away with telling that. They without fall between the... narratives. That yes. makes, that makes sense. Okay. There you go. Right. Cause and they so, were playing the fat records and, and nitro shows where, you know, four punch isn't opening for fucking, you know, whatever the fuck. Right. And so Sonic, no, Sonic, sonically, sonically and... it's not, it's, it's neither fully that, nor is it new age, you know, but I mean? and so, it wasn't clear and it, but to make it very clear, they were an entry point band, but they were clearly not a, an uncanny Valley band. Right. They were clearly a hardcore band who started and stayed that, but they got to a size where then it was like, here's these opportunities being offered to us. We're going to do this and we're going to work hard. And they opened the door for a lot of other bands to do stuff like that. Mm. But that might have hurt. That might have undermined their, you know, quote unquote legacy or longstanding thing. And and you know, to be quite honest, if you go back to that time period, their material holds up better than a lot of second tier shit that right. people might throw them into. Right. Okay. And like, I mean, I don't think there are any tier. Like, it's floor punch and nothing else. To I most think younger kids. To, to younger people, yes. it's floor punch. Then the tier under that, I think you get ten yard fight and in my eyes. I think that's even a stretch. I, I don't I know think if there there's is a, gap. a second tier. I think I think they might be gap. the third tier and there is no second tier. Okay. And then there's a, a tier below that, which is where you get all the like like maybe enhanced side used to be a tier above that because that record came out in EVR. It used to be, but then they got bumped down just because it's been lost in the sands of time. Totally but lost. then you get Ataris, the rain on the parades, the rancors, the stuff that's like Oh, I'm into this. Let me dig harder to find what's under the surface. Right, right. And right. see if there's any hidden gems. Sure. So uh Ensign was at the time in that group A of these bands and has been written out of that and they were a part of that. Okay. So. I uh I guess myself and our listeners, go check out Ensign. You know, what I mean it's yeah. been a while it's been many years for me. And my recommendation is that the, they did a compilation CD three years, something, something months, da 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 days. 
it, it serves kind of as their black flag first four years. Right. That's the stuff I, I dig into. Uh, the first LP, Direction of Things to Come, is worth checking out too. So, Boom. All right. Rewritten history. What Next. do we got? Uh, this one is me lobbing a ball up in the air and hoping you guys catch it. Mm. Texas is the reason. That the president's dead. Named it after Misfit Song. Very clearly did not like the Misfits. They said that in interviews. You're like, yeah, we don't really like the Misfits. We just I, thought it was a cool line. Yeah, I mean, that's cool to me. That's cool. I yeah. like that sort of <laughs> I like that sort of shit. I don't mind it. It just it, it comes it comes off with a it's Texas is the reason pretentious. In nineteen ninety six or ninety seven? Yes. Right now, definitely not. Like, no, Norman low, is low, definitely low tier pretentious now. Yeah, like well, not. I mean, like he's you know, but I mean, I think at the time there was a pretension to a lot of that shit, not I, just them. And I, it was it was you know to use a, a phrase from the last show, manufactured. I think it was part of the vibe that was trying to be given off by indie adjacent bands. Well, I mean, let's be right? realistic. As, as someone who was around, or as I was out, as people say, like in yeah. like Joe Budden style, <laughs> I was out. Um, he's outside, like ninety six, ninety seven. You would never see like Walter Schreifels at a hardcore show. Mm. That's true. You might fucking look next to you and Walter Schreifels standing next to you watching a fucking hardcore band now. Yep. Right. But back then it was very much like the haves and the have nots. Mm. At that time, Texas Reason was one of the haves. Okay. One of the, are they, were they a successful post hardcore band or a failed indie band? I'm saying failed indie. I'm saying successful hardcore, post-hardcore. I'm saying failed indie. Mm. Really? I think they were successful for post-hardcore, but they had their intentions set on much more. They picked the wrong label. Yes. Yeah, but I think they I mean, picked... if that's what they wanted. I th- but I think for their launch pad, at the time, they picked the right one for getting out there. It's just they never they never climbed the rung, rung to the next level. And they also broke you know up early. Like thing, I think they saw quicksand. Sure. And now that was a long time before, but then they saw like the numbers really. into another yeah. ninety-five, five years, which now doesn't feel like a lot, but it, it was a lot. I think what Texas Reason? I think Texas Reason came out in ninety-five or ninety-six. Yes. Yeah. And the quicksand EP came out ninety. So I think oh, they saw I something you meant like, like the stuff getting no, big. no, 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 like, yeah, but like quicksand, slip, nobody cared until no, till slip, yeah. But but you know what? People cared enough to sign them to a big label, and sure. I think they wanted that. And Revelation at the time. So Revelation in the 90s. Uh, basically, they have the classic era in the late 80s. Um, and then they start doing all those dudes' bands, next bands, which I think is pretty fucking cool. And that became a lot of post-hardcore, some weird music, Iceburn, etc. And some of those bands popped. At the time, all those records were everywhere the fuck you could look in independent record stores. Yes. And if I could tell you ship numbers on what was going out, you would pop your brain because the numbers were the 90s when everyone was still buying these shiny things called compact discs. So five figures. Oh, that's easy. So 10,000 for Texas. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. Oh, for everything. Really? For everything was getting that was five figures. Like things you wouldn't expect were shipping over that. Whirlpool? To start. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, Okay. Um, Chinchilla. No, not on you either. <laughs> that was crisis, though. Oh, you you want to hear something crazy? Of course. I couldn't name a Texas is the Reason song. I don't have a strong impression or imprint with this band at all. This stuff was totally off my radar. Uh, but it was... And in my circles, it was, it was derided. It wasn't cool. Me too. Same. Uh, and... That's not for people at home. That's not a reason not to check something out. But I, 
I was very late. When, when you're a child, young, it is. Yeah, when you're yeah. young. And when you're young and you're given the option, and, and it also wasn't the infinite pool that we swim in now, when everyone goes, oh, fuck that shit. That's bad. Right. You have, you have money that you're making a decision with and going, well, everyone says that's bad. Maybe I'll try this thing I haven't heard anything <laughs> about over the thing that people say is bad. True. Uh, but anyways. I, I just remember it being a big deal and now not at all. And um, like we talk about age and we talk about how who controls narrative and I would argue ultimately it's always young-ish people. Not young people, but young-ish people. And then mm-hmm. old people have narratives that they've been hanging on to for a long time that aren't going to change for them. There's people within the sound of my voice for whom Texas is the reason means nothing. They might only know the name and there are people who think I'm insane for saying that. You know what I mean? Both people are hearing this. Mm-hmm. What is the divide age-wise? Age I think it might be it might be us. Yeah? So, Oh, so you're saying it's high. You're saying like, do people under 30, is it 30 or is it 35? Which, which one is it? I think it might be 35. Okay, which is crazy. interesting. Because I feel like I'm too young to listen to Texas Reason. That's it? Like, oh, that's interesting. I feel like, no, and I don't say this in a mean way. When I got into things, I was the most hardcore of my friends, meaning like my friends were more punk. But I liked a lot of punk, but I also liked a lot of post-hardcore that my friends who were more punk didn't really ride for. I liked a lot more metalish hardcore, which is funny to say in this room, yeah. than most of my friends did. And I also liked a lot more indie leaning stuff maybe um, or was more curious about that Texas the Reason was ever present at right. that time 96, okay. 97 everywhere and I remember checking out and being like this does nothing for me sure and I didn't know anyone who was younger than me that rode for it now I knew plenty of people who were older than me that kind of rode for it but I didn't know anyone younger than me and I don't know that I still do other than a few people who may be a year or two within the age of me very but like if that record comes out did that record come out in 96? Um, yeah. Do you know who you are comes out in 1996? I think they did a single before that. Yes. I'm in 1996 right. I was f- turning 15? Yes. Turning 15. So 15, 16 I probably hear that record. I felt like I was like I felt like I was listening to Calculus when I was in third grade, like right. trying to do calculus when I'm doing simple math. And I'm like, yeah. and I, I was kind of, I was a little into shit. Like I was already in the quicksand ish stuff, like uh, some post hardcore stuff. But then years later, I'm working at revelation. I checked it out again and it just didn't do it for me. Oh man. I love you, it. Yeah. Love it. Speak to it because I feel total. I feel like I am, Dyeing my hair different colors and listening to Takashi Six Nine because I feel so yes. like I, I, this stuff feels like old man shit to me, and that's yeah. crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like that's crazy. well, that's the same thing. Yeah, I'm feeling the same, but I don't. Yeah, anyways, you you feel like that? I don't know. Well, like early in this early in this podcast's life, we talked about Fugazi and how it's insane, utterly insane to us yeah. that that is not an important band because it was. Even if we, even if it didn't mean anything to any one of us in particular, you couldn't take ever present. You couldn't take a step no. in subculture without bumping into and it. And I feel like for a while, Texas, the reason it wasn't to the level that Fugazi was, but that was a band that was everywhere and was something that 
everyone knew. If you didn't like it, you still knew what it was and still know what it was about. Right. But are we assuming this? Uh, yeah, that, I, I, I mean, we're, we're asking it, it. Yeah, no, but I'm saying I think we're assuming what we think younger people. Would yeah, think. I'm. I'm gonna throw a. I'm gonna text uh, the young people in my yeah, in, in my it. phone. Uh, but because I'm now old, none of them are that young. Because you know I feel I mean? like uh, the other day Amelia tweeted something. And I was like, oh shit. Amelia, it's I. You know, I don't know how average she is on that shit. No, but I mean, I think you'd be probably you know, random people that just I. I, I think they're probably more and in, more into it than you would assume. Okay, hold on. I, I'm I'm texting people. State your age and your feelings on Texas is the reason. Are you doing a group chat on this? <laughs> hold on. Um. So yeah. So they had that seven inch on Revelation. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the LP, which was the only thing that they had. Do you know who you are? Yes. Um, which apparently is the last thing that John Lennon heard. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, the, the, that line. Like, do you know who you are? Mm. Boom. Oh, and Texas is the reason that the president's dead. And they also had, um, to build on that, they had a song called Back Into The Left. That's a big song. That's the hit. One hit wonder. But it's Ooh. also a, uh, uh, you know, it's alluding to... JFK. Right. And there's also Magic Bullet Theory is one of their songs also. Ooh. So like they may not like the Misfits, but they bought in on the yeah, whole yeah. Kennedy. They, they got the thing. they got the vibe, yeah. But nothing? Like it doesn't do anything for you. Uh you know what? I would have to revisit it with with my current ears. Uh maybe I I to me, it was easy listening as a kid. Like, uh, like straight up, it was just not. But did you hate like Sensefield and all that shit too at the time? Okay, wild Far story. Side, wild story about Sensefield. Sensefield to me, uh, I actually like Sensefield even into the weird Christian era. Oh, like, wow. I think Sensefield does that weird green cover EP. I think that they do a. Uh, like a quicksand parts, but not quicksand sort of major label rock. Uh, I think they, they did it very, very well. And John Bunch had an amazing, amazing voice. That's yes, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a remarkable voice. Reason to believe. Good record. So yeah. uh, I find Sensefield much more interesting than I ever found Texas is the reason. So <laughs> I feel like all those bands were Pearl Jam for hardcore kids that weren't allowed to like Pearl Jam. That's like, I, at the I, day, th- like, I think but I, you but couldn't I, roll up to a show wearing a Pearl Jam shirt, yeah. but you could get away with wearing a Sensefield. I, but I like Sensefield. I love Farside. I love um, Orange Rhyming Dictionary. Jets to Brazil. Jets to Brazil. I love it. But I don't like Jawbreaker. But I, I keep going. I got to revisit again. And I'm going to revisit Texas again. Um, wow. Fantastic. Um, but I... I if for whatever reasons it didn't connect and like a lot of that stuff like I'm straight I, I'll ride for yeah I'm in on but Texas but like the rewritten uh, rewritten from history I don't hear their name thrown out bandied about no. but I'm, I'm getting response now to the group text throw out yeah people saying that they like them um <coughs> I mean, that's also revisionist. My significant like, other, who's 32, gave the shrug emoji. But is she not she, into that at all? No, she's into some of that stuff, but isn't familiar with a lot of it. But I think she hits a funny blind spot in time where they were not super relevant. But I think younger people than us might. Um, our, our former correspondent, who hopefully will have her back sometime, Izzy, says she does like them. She's <laughs> okay. a bit of an outlier because she's like a music nerd. Right, right, right. Uh, Alex Casey, another outlier music nerd. Like them, but don't love them. What about you? I feel like that's a band that majority of people love. He's another outlier. See? 
Huh? Trey McCarthy. What is it? Trey McCarthy? He says <laughs> he's double um, the age of most of the people. Yeah, he's he's in the, the the older, slightly older. I actually really do like them, but I didn't like them for a while. <laughs> and he's right. got a story. Um, oh, okay. But that'll be off the air. Off the air, but I mean, it's hardcore dudes. Yes, I think they jump from one away. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Is that they were uh, like Pearl Jam? They were alt for people who felt like they weren't allowed to like alt. Right. They like you couldn't roll up to like a Marauder show. Wearing a fucking Pearl Jam or Soundgarden shirt. I've made that mistake. <laughs> Did you? That's serious. I walk, you I, too. made that mistake. <laughs> In 2018, you couldn't be cooler for doing that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, walk, I rolled up to like a fucking, I don't know if it was like Fight or one of those bands, but it was like, oh, this is just skinheads beating the shit out of metalheads. I rolled up in like a fucking bad motor finger shirt, which right now I could probably get fucking four hundred dollars. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I was and literally <laughs> I just caught the looks. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like I was like gonna get beaten. <laughs> You're going over the merch table. I'll buy one of those, please. Yeah. Yes. Whatever it is, size extra large, please. Um, they're looking at me funny. Um, I love that band. I saw them a bunch of times. I saw them. Um, I saw. I saw them at the academy. Open for Civ and Quicksand, Texas reason. Oh wow! Oh yeah, yeah. And Justin fell asleep on me. <laughs> like literally, like we were on the subway, like passed out next to me. So I'm them and Civ at Coney Island High. Like they did a lot of stuff. And they were like, I think the part that we're trying to get to, even without a, a love or enjoyment from Patrick or I, is that they were a really big band, and they were. I, I mean, is it would it be fair to compare them to their presence in hardcore? Is a lot like Turnover now. And I, I don't like to cite them oh, no, that much, but I, I really that's fair, feel that's yeah. a pretty good. I can comp. see that. Like, I mean, I think it's also they were maybe more. They, they were. Pop, I don't know if they were even more popular than Turnover. I think there were a similar level of popularity as Turnover. It's hard to say, but there was just a much higher ceiling then. Like you could really see. Like, we're also spoiled. We're in New York. That's right. You know what I mean. I but think if like, you had told if you had told me in 1997, Texas is the reason is going to be as big as uh, Pearl Jam in the next ten years, I might have believed you. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Yeah. 
Although it's like at the same time you'd be like, yeah, but they're like they're hardcore. Yeah. So you they're not, they're only gonna go so, <laughs> so they're far. doomed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you'd go yeah, they're like they're gonna do well. And they did do well, you know what I mean? But I don't think and I think it's also revisionist history because they were the biggest of the bunch back then. You know, yes. and then you know, Jimmy World ended up being the biggest of all of those bands. That's actually a really funny one to talk about. Is the Jimmy World? They were a fucking totally, emo band. They were they, they were an emo core band. Yeah, but, but, yep. I mean, and then you know, they opened for most of these bands. Yes, but then Mineral became the thing that everybody loved, and Texas mm-hmm. the Reason wasn't. And like then, mm-hmm. you know, American like Texas f- the Reason. Would you say it's safe to say they were bigger than Jawbreaker? No. No, you think Jawbreaker was bigger? Yeah. yeah okay. But I mean, even like, you know, if you look at it now, like American football. Draws fucking thousands and thousands of kids everywhere. That's right. Were they that big back then? Not that I recall. No, I don't think you so. You know what I mean? But that when we talk about narrative, we talk about like American football versus Appleseed cast. And yeah. like one of those bands can draw on these reunions and the other one cannot. That's and right. There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. Right. I mean, American football sold out like two or three nights at like Terminal 5. Yeah. So Jawbreaker reunions are pretty fucking big. Were. Yeah. Were, right. Yeah. Would a Jets to Brazil reunion be half that size? No. I don't think so. And that's the, and I, I fall in the weird minority category who fucks with that. I mean, that stuff is really bad. good, but it's I feel like, number one, a lot of people got to see them. Yep. Because they didn't break up that long ago. Yep. And I think it's just... People who those songs are good. Them. Those songs are great. But they're not hitting people like it hit... Like really? Jawbreaker Man, hit them. Do I need? I guess I got to listen to Jawbreaker again. But I just—I mean, it's a Orange Rhyming yeah. Dictionary is it for me. Like of that yeah. world, mm. that's it. It's crazy. Listen to Dear You. I will and Ooh. see. Like you know, I'm, yeah. See. I'll try it again. I'm gonna. Pat, what do you got? You know what? I'm I'm asking. Firstly, oh, well, you're young folk. Yeah, I don't have any. I, the youngest person in my phone is my girlfriend at 22. Like I don't hello, see hello fellow young people. Uh, yeah, I don't see anybody. Yeah, I had a 21 year old, a 26 year old, and a couple 30 somethings. I just asked a 30 year old because I I was like, oh, I got. You're the youngest guy. I, know. I think I wonder if there's a blind spot. I wonder if there's a weird blind spot for people in the the my age to maybe five to eight years later who either got in when Texas Reason was on their way up and out and kind of, because they never did a second record. No, they were supposed to sign to Electra and they broke up. That's right. So they never did that where there was kind of a fatigue or a disinterest post. And then that extends until they kind of became something that was out of memory to be like, oh, hey, wait, what about this? You know? Right. 25. I enjoy them. I said, state your age and your feelings on Texas is the reason. 25. I enjoy them a decent amount. Happy I got to see them live when they did that run with title fight. I don't recall that. Yeah. Oh, Uh, yeah. I remember that. Happy that I have an original pressing of the LP. Very nerdy statement. They have a (laughs) a couple songs I think are truly perfect. I think on that split with Promise Ring, they got cucked by the Promise Ring, (laughs) who who wrote a song that sounds like Texas is the reason, but better than Texas is the reason. Wow. Wow. It's a deep dive. That's impressive. You see, I think we is that on. Did you throw it on Twitter yet? No, I have. Throw not. it on Twitter. All right. I think we're throw assuming things about young folks. They're more like wide. I think open. they might be looking at it more now than than people when I was young were looking back to it. You well, because I mean? I mean, I think like you know, you can say like, I wonder what that Texas Reason bands are about. Go into Spotify and go listen to it. Yeah, you had to. Like, I had to buy it. You had to and work listen for to it, it and or like, borrow from somebody. Hey, yeah. make me a tape of that or whatever. And I was disappointed. And I, I talk about it a lot, like uh, the band Kill Holiday, who oh, have man have a single, the Never Meant to Let You Down oh, or so Meant to Let You Down good. or whatever. Yeah, it's so good. Then the LP on Rev, I I pre-ordered. I got the colored vinyl. I was so excited because I. I played that song to death. It was Here's one song. Was to let you down. down. So Meant to let you down. Good. Yeah. 
Um, and at LP, and the first time I played it, I lay down on the floor in my bedroom and fell asleep on the floor. How hard is it at age 16, 17, 17 to lay down on the floor and fall asleep? Like I, I had so much energy. <laughs> I would bounce around my room jumping off things. I put that record on, fell asleep, and was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I like I, that I came too. out of, oh, man. Oh, I, I, dude, I've tried so to go back to it because I really like That was like his like vibe. his like Smith's Morrissey fucking fantasy. I know. And but I, the split I, with Dempsey and the the seven inches, fucking awesome. Yeah, so good. Uh, undeniable, in my opinion. Um, I punished poor, poor Rob Moran about them more than I did about Unbroken. I was like, tell me more about it. And he's like, I, I wasn't in it that long. Um, <laughs> quick brief break from the uh, Texas The Reason talk that we'll get back to. Um, lots of War Profiteer talk today to Andrew Dugan. Makes sense as I got zero feedback on the thing I sent. Literally, this is the only confirmation that it was received. <laughs> That's the way I ride. Hold on. Is he related to Hacksaw Jim Duggan? You know what? Maybe. Oh, can you ask? Maybe. Is he two G's or is he one, eight, one G? Two G's. He's two G's. That's how Hashtag Jim Duggan's. It's true. He is from Glen Falls, not that far. Mm. Mm. That's the way I run. Okay. Uh, Texas is the reason. That the president's I'm asking. Is. I'm asking young people. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like when we do these, I, like, I love this because this is like how history works. You examine yes. narratives and it's fun. And it, but like it really exposes that like my phone just exposed. Maybe I don't know enough fucking young people because well, I, mean, I think we assume like, ah, oh, they don't talk about them all the time. Like who yeah. the fuck do they talk about? I mean, think about it. T- trippy red. Uh, you no. know what I'm saying? Like, so like if, if <laughs> how, you know, you say like, you know, all right, sell me, you know, sell a young kid on four punch. How oh, many other it. older, like, Sell me, sell a young kid on fucking buried alive. Sell a young kid fucking on indecision. No, you know that's band. a funny How thing because I like, do see like a, it's like buried alive. I don't think I anticipated to see that, but that's a band. Even prior to the reunions, I saw a lot more narrative about, and like I saw a lot more people talk about with more vigor than I expected. Like a band who I don't see people talk about. I don't see people talk about Reach the Sky. I no, don't see people no. talk about Texas. The reason. I mean, Mitch but, Mitch Smith would like us to know Texas ain't the reason. Mm, thanks, mm. Mitch. I do see people talk about Jawbreaker. You know what I mean? I see. I actually think I see more reference to Jets to Brazil than I do about Texas is the Reason. Because it's a hive mind bullshit. I know. That's yes. true. I mean, that's all it is. One person goes, have you heard Jets to Brazil? And of course, they're like, of course I have. And then they go scampering back and they listen to fucking <laughs> Four Cornered Night and fucking get on with it. Sorry. All right. All, All right. right, so we'll we'll update you. We're gonna revisit Texas the reason yeah, once yeah. we get some feedback. real time. Texas real time. is the reason. Love it. All right, let's go to another one. I think I'd like to do. Oh, okay, go for it. Kick it off. So my revisionist history would be um, from Merrick, Long Island. <gasps> Vision of disorder. <gasps> oh. I don't think. Don't you bitch your bitch your pain. pain. <laughs> if anyone has a chance, this is always my favorite thing. If you have the New York Hardcore documentary, yeah. or if you want to pull it up on spot on uh, YouTube because it's on there, <clears throat> they're playing a big show. VOD's playing a big show in the, the this big uh, uh, skate place out in Long Island with like 108 and all this stuff. And um, they're playing um, they're playing Suffer, and Tim goes to hand a mic to some dude, and it's like. Um, so he hands a mic to the guy, and all the dude says, goes, I'm all fucked up. <laughs> His sing-along was, I'm all fucked up, Yo, and it great. makes me fucking howl. That's great. To this day, I cannot say 
I've known a band to impact as hard as quickly as Vision of Disorder. Right out the gate. Off huh? the demo. So I not dare- there and wasn't wasn't in for it. Please explain to me how quick how it happened. I mean it was just <clears throat> there were, you know, they didn't have a bass player at the first, in the beginning. They only had two guitar players and a drummer and Tim. Um, I think it's kind of routine now because you hear people that sound like him. But in 1994, you're like, what the fuck is happening with this yeah, dude's very voice? Different. The singing, mm-hmm. the screaming, like no one was really kind of doing that at the time. You know, like there were legendary stories of them like opening for like Corn. Yeah. Like, yes. When Corn was like fucking big. Popping. And blowing them off the stage. Or like... Um, I was saying to somebody, we went to the PWAC on Long Island for uh, the the still seven inch record release show. It was like I don't know, fucking Warped Weeble Wobbles, I think. Yep. And yeah, and Madball, yeah, and VOD. I mean, for a seven inch release. Now think of this in today's times: a seven inch record release show. There were like twenty three hundred people there. It blows my mind. At like a hardcore show, like a local show. It wasn't like because they were on SFT. It wasn't like it was on road. It was like literally. A hardcore show in Long Island. What kind? I mean, is it safe to say that a band like VOD had a lasting impact on Long Island in terms of the underground music community that's still being felt right now? No question. Like oh, dude, you ask Incendiary, that's VOD is yeah. probably number one. No question. Right, and I think that's probably true for all the like, maybe not like. There's probably bands in the lineage who won't credit them, but they probably should because. Long Island's had this like rich underground music history that's mostly hardcore or adjacent to it. Yeah, that you could point back to. Like, yeah, VOD kicked things off and made it okay to like weirdo fucking music. Yeah, I mean everyone goes back to Mind Over Matter as like the real genesis of everything. Mm-hmm. But I mean VOD like in New York at least, and I know in like California a lot of those bands like that ended up becoming really popular were kind of like early on on the VOD shit. Mm-hmm. Um. They were just like the biggest fucking thing, like immediately. And uh, two notes. Yes. First, if you re-listen to the demo, it's a very difficult listen. Uh, the stuff that they when that when those songs got re-recorded, uh-huh. w- w- much Wait, yeah. much more care was put into the vocals. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Of <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, they don't. There was no noise gate. He, right. You can hear yes. him like inhaling the whole yes. time, uh, which was kind of sort of the charm for it at first, for sure. Uh, I mean, think about 1994. Like that's what I'm, like it's fucking like 25 to life. Yep. And like, I mean, think who else is around like in New York hardcore at that point. Right. And for these dudes to be like, wait, what the well, fuck is happening? But in your view, did VOD, VOD, d- d- I'm not asking if they ever claimed to be New York hardcore, but how much, how much of a pass or an invite did they get before they kind of said, listen, we're going to go play with the Deftones? I think they, they were LA, they were Long Island hardcore for sure. Long Island hardcore for sure. Well, New York. I mean, they played a lot of those. They play, they were boys with like Madball and stuff. Like okay, they played. Right. They got the they got the hood pass. Okay, yeah. Which, by the way, if you watch mm. VOD shows on YouTube, uh-huh. and I forgot this because I did see VOD, but I forgot this. Uh-huh. He would perform with his shirt off all the time. Nipple rings. Nipple rings give me the Blazing. biggest anxiety because people are... I have a story about oh, that. Oh, no, don't tell me that story. Did you have nipple rings? In my life, yeah. I did have nipple rings. Pat's afraid that your nipples, he's going to stage on and get his nipple ring. Yes. His nipple ripped off. That, yes. happened, to, that happened to Dan when Murray. Did you get rid of, when did you get rid of the nipple rings? Uh, 12? 2018? I don't recall. Yeah, no, they're still in. Uh, <laughs> no. his, his nipple, his areola has just grown around it. You know what's fucking No, have insane? you ever seen the nipple scarring from nipple rings? It's rough. I no. feel bad for... Yeah, I, my I, nipples I, are hella big. I, well, the I've, I've uh, experienced anyway. with them, and yeah, it's a rough thing. Um, I mean, VOD in Jersey, 
was a thing. Yes. They were like a sell out the stone pony kind of thing. Yes. They um, they led to, I think that the the more heavier or like adjacent side of things would kind of say the VOD was an impetus for that too. Yeah. Like VOD in Albany. Where would oh, they play? Oh. Jesus Christ. I mean, they, I mean Albany has a very it's Certain bands they just latch onto and then that's it. Yes, I think I saw Caveman style. I'm pretty sure I saw VOD at the QE2. I, I would think that that's. I mean, that's an undersell for them, I would imagine, right? Yeah, but what choices did you have at Albany at that time besides uh, you, like VOD? Saratoga winners, maybe? VOD, I don't think was ever big enough to headline winners. Uh, really? I, not in Albany, I don't think. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but when I think of winners, I think of like going to see. Deftones and clutchers, you, you oh, know, that, I mean? oh, okay. Th- that sort of thing. Got it. Uh, and then there was always a hard because it was Ted Etal doing right. most of those shows at that time. So he would uh, hardcore bands opened for sure. But, yeah. Uh, but like in my memory, winners was that slightly bigger step up, you know? Right. Uh, until it became like I, they're not around anymore. I guess I can just call it a trash venue. Until it became like, oh hey, we have to fill this room or we have to get something in. Who cares if it's got. You know, who cares if it's 65 people in a room meant for uh, 1,600? You know what I mean? Oh, Jesus. Okay. So, <clears throat> it burned down, right? It, it burned down mm. in a very classic, classic. very okay. classic insurance scam. <laughs> like it. right out of the... Fu- mm. They didn't even bother trying to be subtle with that one. Wasn't it like a potato chip factory or something? That's what it looked like. That's what it smelled like. I've never... In my life, I've never been to <laughs> like a venue with less, less Cla- airflow like or ventilation. Yeah. Like people would smoke in there and you could see the smoke hang directly above their heads in the, in the exact yep. place. Wow. No chance of it being blown anywhere. It was a nightmare. Uh, still some fun shows back in the day, but uh, we played there with the Chromex. Okay. MPB and the Chromex. Chromex headline. Yeah. And how was the attendance? Pat, it was pretty oh, crowded. Oh no shit. Okay. It wasn't that big of a room though. I don't think. I think it was big. I'm saying it's like maybe 800. Oh, I would have given a thousand cap. Really? I, I would. I, not as big as uh, Northern Lights. No, not as big as Northern Lights. But Northern Lights, oh, sorry for oh, the people that are, don't understand how local this is. Uh, oh I think Northern God. Lights is a max capacity approaching two. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because you can count the bar. You can right. move it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, sorry for anybody. That, that yeah, but I mean, I, GOD I, played in Valentine's uh, June 8th, 1998. We played with the Chromex there and John Joseph decided to poop outside. I, I, for, I was like, yo, where's that guy going? For any real reason? And he was like, oh, he's going to take a shit. I'm like, he knows his toilet's in there, right? Should I tell the swank story of pooping outside of the Chromax reunion? JJ was a big supporter, thought it was really funny. <laughs> That's and he also thing. then told us the story of when he shit on a plate and gave it to Harley. This is years before the book. It was Hey, funny. man. Wow. I love shit. Um, have you ever heard of Gunther Weasel? Yes. <laughs> yes. Live in Albany at Bogey's supporting VOD in 2014. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Gunther Weasel. All right, so VOD never in my wheelhouse. Okay, but their level of popularity—they were big. Are they? What's their overlap with Mind Over Matter? Mind Over Matter's before, like ninety-one, ninety. I mean, Mind, Mind Over Matter was was around till probably ninety-six, ninety-seven. Yeah, but when they start, that's what I meant. Oh, oh, oh so they, they VOD's like ninety-four, and Mind Over Matter was before like ninety. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I mean. That story you tell about there being 2,300 people at a release show, like, that is that a sign of the times? Like, is that, like, could that ever happen again? No, we'd have to adjust for inflation going the other way, basically. You know what I mean? Like, it's like when Boston heads will be like, oh, there was 900 people at the smallest show. And you'll be, and you'll be like, yeah, but that was also like when, 
hardcore is experiencing its second stab at dubstep. You know what I mean? Like where it was like there was this, there was there's been two moments where hardcore was legitimately hot as a subculture thing, yep. and during those times, yo, if you were in the right type of band, big mm. big turnout. You know what I mean? So like, uh, you can't compare them directly, but uh, VOD was popping was a thing was visible and then tom would you say they lost the plot and people just bounced or what because jeremy bohm's the only guy i've ever met in my life that likes that later record which is the later record from bliss to devastation yeah um he yeah likes, he likes it all though why is he talking about the league is that what it's doing yes is this alexa or is yeah. this uh yeah alexa silence Alexa, Alexa, be quiet. Silence. Okay. All right. Wow. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> the 2300, I, I always tell yeah. the story. So, I, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm going to throw you out the window, Alexa. Um, go on. Um, it was so crowded that I was in line to get into the said show. And the guys that ran the PWAC, guys and women that ran the PWAC, like went through the line and like picked the people that they knew. And like we were like pushed into action. and like, you're working security. I had no idea what I was doing. But they were like, it was like to the point that like they're going to like throw these porta potties in a minute if we don't get these fucking people in here. It was nuts. So VOD, I think we might have talked about them a little bit, but like to a person now who's not familiar with their material uh-huh. who would be listening to Axe the Grind yes what of their material would you say to listen to slash like what I don't think I've heard them since the 90s what would you tell me no this is the one to listen to still this yeah probably the 7 inch the still 7 inch I also like the second LP what's which one is that oh uh, fuck what the hell is it called you, 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 you like Imprint. the one with the green drip yes yeah Yes. I see they well, I feel like that was like kind of like too decadent. Like they fucked up hanging out in the studio too long. Like Oh really? Some bangers on there. There's some bangers. But they it's also their first record. It takes a lot of stuff from the old shit. Yes. Yes. But it's a lot that of song, songs. The imprint record. See, that's interesting that you ride. Really good. It's interesting that you ride that. Because that was the They got me. a coalesce they bought oh, a coalesce okay. LP and it sounded a little bit more like that, I thought. Tell me oh. if I'm wrong. Yeah. That that's uh that's the Roadrunner record that uh, was the first of the Roadrunner hardcore signees of that of, VOD? that of that era. Is that correct? I mean, because it was VOD, Madball, Mad Earth Crisis, uh, yeah. Shelter, Shelter. Uh, but but did VOD lead that off? Madball did. Madball Mad did. Okay. Set it off was the first. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Set it off. Okay. Set it off. Literally. Um. So uh, VOD was like soon thereafter, though. And so was Shelter. I mean, Shelter. I mean, Mantra came out, what, 95? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it said it all came out in 94. Yep. So, VOD, uh, to our to a listener... Okay, so we were talking about Ensign, and I didn't know how to, how to find a way f- to sell that to a kid, right? Right. Uh, VOD, I would say that if you're a fan of Vane, if you're a fan of... Uh, the Code Orange. Any of those. Code Orange. Yeah. If you're a fan... like The more spastic Code Orange stuff. There, yeah. there yeah. is stuff happening right now that... that oh, yeah. Okay. That, there's a direct through line. Yeah, they might not notice. They might right. not know. It they might have kind of circled back to it. Right. That's a really good point. And, and if you don't like those things... If you don't like those bands currently, should you try to like VOD? Uh, okay, so if you don't like those because they're too chaotic, but you do like... Um, the screaming and the moshing? Yes. Yes. Okay. Then you can. Right. Uh, you, you can find a, a home with VOD. Uh, 
I would be curious for any in, any intrepid listener to listen to the full discography because people jump off at various places in a real serious way. Right. And I'd be curious how a person now, like a, a young person now who maybe grew up under the Deftones, like Deftones are like to them, I don't know, like what a, like maybe what corn was to, to certain kids or, right. or whatever. Like just mm-hmm. a thing that is almost like a dad band. Like it just exists yeah. and you can't avoid it. I'm curious how VOD sounds to that person. Right. And I think um, they definitely got into Alice in Chains. Oh, did they? And I think a lot of people love Alice in Chains now. But like when you're when you're going to VOD for your fucking anger and they're like doing the weird like, ah, well, yeah, I mean, I love I don't I, I love fucking Alice love Alice in Chains, but. I think they they went a little too far with that and the whole like uh, I'm singing with a needle in my arm kind of. So all right, I'm a dude who was into alternative music like grunge prior to being into hardcore. Were you into alt stuff before hardcore? Were you alt? I was I was a nerd, so I got into music. Period through going to the public library. I know, I know. So I don't have any like. What a goon. No, like you weren't like specific. Like you didn't hear. Nirvana. You didn't own no, Nirvana. No, that, no, 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 no. I owned Elvis Costello before I owned uh, before yeah. I owned Pearl Jam. You know right, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, okay. uh, and Pearl Jam was like a Columbia House sort of uh, vibe to you. Like, yeah. And I got it. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like I, I, I owned ten, and what's the other one? Versus, versus, versus. Yeah. Um, twenty five years ago, like this week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, Pearl Jam. But uh, no, so so I I didn't. Okay. Th- and well, I was I was an alternative mm-hmm. dude, and I loved all that shit. I loved it. I loved it. And that's kind of what segued me. I was looking for something else, and I realized that like uh, Metallica load really wasn't it. Um, <laughs> well, so, give me a few, give me five, give me that, that, that. It's like all right, I'm not even. Gonna <gasps> be on it. Like, I actually, on that. that's I, people get mad. I actually like the Metallica. Oh, God. I used to, uh, to fuck with people who are older. I used to be like, yo, load. Is that your tracks. bit? Dude, that was a bit. The, but you yeah. can't like you literally can't deny old Metallica. So, um, but there was a time for a rewritten history. Just as a sidebar, rewritten history. There was a time like. It wasn't cool to like alternative music and hardcore. No. Like you were saying that. Like now everybody likes fucking Alice in Chains. Isn't that like a weird thing to say? Yeah, I love Nirvana. Everybody's like, yeah, you'd have to lie. Yeah. Right. Like, and be like, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't listen to fucking Pearl Jam. What are you? Yeah. yeah I don't yeah, listen yeah. to fucking Whereas, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like for me, I, I love Pearl Jam. I was like, I'm not going to give up loving Pearl Jam because I like this new music. I did kind of put it on the shelf and I regret not going to see them when I could have then. But, you know, some mistakes you live with forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're, we're starting to get feedback on Texas. Let's keep. Let's do one more, and then we'll we'll pile it up and talk okay. about Texas reason. I want to do carry on. Yo, I have nothing to say except. So let me just jump out ahead before I go. Yeah, pee. both of you. Uh, this band is the band that came up for me most often when I would say people would ask me how if I liked American Nightmare. I would say no, and then they would say, "But you like like carry on." You know what I mean? Like, yep. so. These things were kissing cousins to a lot of people. Uh, yep, and uh, I don't, I, I probably will take carry on over American Nightmare if there's any reason to compare the two in 2018. But uh, neither of these do, neither of these thrill me. Well, this is the reason for the rewritten history. <coughs> Tom, what are your feelings on carry on? Because um, you actually play with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like, I really like the Lifeless Played record. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really exist to me before then. Mm-hmm. And like yes. you were saying when we were doing some pre production yes. for the. Uh, that they were around since like 97. Yeah. I, and this is from my own ignorance, definitely kind of put them under the whole like, 
hey, American Nightmare came out, and then all these other bands came out, like Sworn In, and all these bands that were Panicked like, and, yeah. yeah, and I mean, Panic is like one thing or whatever, but like, it's like, oh, like they used to jokingly, I don't know if this is like a widespread thing, but they used to call the singer from Carry on West Coast. Yes. Because he was like sweating West so hard. That Looked he, like, had the style, had the same haircut, haircut same, yep. you know, and, and I don't know what, the, I, I can't tell you, I'd never listened to Carry on before that, so I don't mm-hmm. know what they sound like before that. But it was definitely very AN to me. And that's exactly the story we're here to tell today. The right. written history of Carry On. Um, because I don't know that I would personally deny any of this. Um, I was not in Carry On. I, don't, I wasn't around them. Full I disclosure, really I was them. never in I Carry was On. Not, I was not in the band. Um, and I, I, you know, I became friends with Todd well after Carry On. But I was aware of them from a pretty early time. But I got a chance to live in California, and I think their history is slanted. I didn't hear any movement. For people at home, I just used the bathroom, and I didn't flush because I thought it would disrupt the flow. You know, oh, so I mean? you didn't flush. No, it didn't flush. Get the fuck in there and flush, you animal! I thought it would, we'd hear it on camera. And who cares? Oh, it's just pee. If it's mellow, let it yellow. Yeah, I, know, I was going to say I knew that yellow. How it lived. Yeah, yeah. It <sighs> smells like asparagus. And cigars, or impossible burgers, impossible burger. Yeah. <laughs> um, so carry on. There's, carry I think on. that what you said exactly is what everyone and Patrick said the same. They are largely looked at as maybe a lot of people ride for a life less plagued in a way that say, yeah, like yeah, there's the AN records and then there's a life less plagued and those are the records that came out of that bunch uh-huh. that were really that's it. That's that's the thing. Maybe count me out record. Well, that's I was gonna say. Sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no. No. Perfect. I'm glad you said that. AN didn't Patrick, got these bands but it's, no they they influenced in a peer group time in a lot of ways yo like there'll be events in comic books Patrick yes that warp reality that bend shit and it's sure. all around it and it's like that is what American Nightmare did in that yeah, like Magneto you, you, you kind of they, they like they're more like the thing? molecule man they changed everything at a molecular level that like it's the same but it's a little bit more like that now like because all of a sudden people wanted that recording style bands existed before that but then American Nightmare came out did their thing and then all bands processed through that and the sound was a little different and that's Panic Panic existed they, those dudes were doing something different and then did Panic uh, it's the dude from the trouble. It's some dudes who were, you know, around, and then they kind of funneled through AN and did that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it shows. Count me out. Did yeah. one ten, and then permanent, permanent comes a out. A lot different. And striking distance, even there's not AN parts, but you can hear some of the influences just from being around at the time. Never and, mind aesthetically. Never no, mind yeah. aesthetically. Who the fuck wore goddamn diesel jeans and shit? <laughs> uh, there's that and also the, the like, yo, and, and the sh- merch designs. There's champion shirts that have blood splatter on them. That's odd. Yeah, because they were fucking straight up youth group bands. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So so there's all that. Uh, Carry On wasn't exempt from that. Their biggest detractors will say, dude, bit, the singer bit that dude's look, bit that dude's lyrical style, the whole thing. Do you agree with that? I do. Okay. Um, I don't know that dude. I, I've always thought him to be a nice guy in my minimal encounters I've had with him. Uh, now who are, so Carry On is Todd. Ryan George. Ryan George. Singer. Corey Williams. One guitar. Todd. Greg Bacon. Greg joined. Um, John Westbrook joined. They had a couple different dr- drummers. Nick Jett joined at the very end. Okay. 
Um, but they had a couple of other drummers I didn't know. There was also some other members earlier and later. So I'm going to tell the story of why I think Carry On has a re- un, like a, they've been written, their history's skewed because they're looked at as just an American Nightmare uh, fringe band part of that. They were a lot more than that. I have a follow-up question Please. that I might want to ask now so you can include it in your... Please. Do you think the revelations that came out after that record kind of hurt them? That yeah. he wasn't straight edge singing straight edge songs, the carry on, like the carry on. At the time, yes. Like, do you now, feel like that kind at of at the time? Fa- yes, but but, but do you think they didn't get passed down because of that? No, because I think they got passed down, and I think I think Life Less Play got passed down. Now the material before that didn't. No, and this is the deal. Carry on starts, I believe, <clears throat> d- demos ninety seven. Um, Ryan George is in the band first. He was from Centralish California, um, like. San Mateo, like San Luis Obispo, like mm. Nowheresville kind yeah. of style. Like, oh, John Steinbeck and not much else. Yeah. Um, oh, who's the fighter that's from San Luis Obispo? Fuck. You know the UFC guy with no, the, the mohawk? I don't know. Oh, God. Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell. Oh, Chuck Liddell. There we go. So those dudes of the band, uh, Corey lives in LA Valley, maybe uh, Westlake Village, mm. aka Home of Strife. Okay, sure. Corey and Corey joins the band early. They are doing this band. They're the only band doing this. They're pretty straightforward youth crew e band. Okay, they might have been taking hints from the Floor Punch, Ten Yard Fight, in my eyes, kind of world of stuff. But they were doing it pretty early in comparison, and they were on the West Coast. No other bands doing that. Uh, Todd wasn't even in the band for a while. Yeah. They put out a record on Jitsu Records called Stabbed in the Face, I believe. Jitsu Records also put out Todd's first band, Stand Your Ground, 7-inch, which is pretty good. I liked that more than I liked the Carry On record at the time. Carry On is a local Stallworth. It's playing everywhere from Ventura down to OC on the regular, but never played with the cool OC metalcore bands. Where they did play... <laughs> was the PCH Club with this band Life Salt, who no one really talks about now, but were a pretty big band for a little while yeah. in the thrash world. Carry On and Life Salt spearhead this no DIY, too, no reply yeah. too, this DIY scene <clears throat> that helps build Southern California up on a separate lane than any of the older New Age stuff. That stuff had receded. It was separate from the OC Metalcore stuff right. that didn't even look their way. Right. So they got like the Ojai Women's Club, right? Or That stuff, they got Ojai Women's Club. The PCH Club, which if you talk to anyone of a certain vintage, is the most important place for them. And it for was California. the Pickle Patch, and then it was the PCH. And the smell. Quick, quick the smell? aside. Smell, yep. Ojai, right after. Best, no, be, best light in the United States. It's beautiful. It's there. gorgeous. It's amazing. The, it's li- the light diffuses valley. through the spot, like in this way that is highly unique. Where? And like in Ojai. So basically, oh, you drop. Oh, yeah. yeah. You played the women's club? Yeah. Perfect venue, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah Literally it's, perfect. <clears throat> it's amazing. I, there's a spot. I just remember being very bright. Bright. Yeah. Um, I think Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie live there, yeah. as well as Oprah owned in the Ojai Women's Club. That's amazing. <laughs> and they let them, like you know, they, let, they had a bunch of kids, so they hey, spread Stedman, them all out. Yeah. Stedman, they're going to be some loud yeah, music. <laughs> I'm going to have some friends over today. Yeah. But like, I want to give credit to Corey and Ryan and Todd and like these dudes. They started playing shows with the PCH, which was in a <coughs> very undesirable part of Long Beach. 
um, kind of down by the ports. All and of it? it? Was, yes. No, there's the nice Snoop part Dog. of Long Beach too. You know what I mean? Like downtown. You know, I, the, people, was that Fifth Street? Whatever yeah, it is. Sublime. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Dissension. Um, pre-sublime. Uh, but what was PCH? Like, was that a just a punk club? Was that a basically? Ball? Yeah. yeah. This dude Alex Maciel ran it, and he's awesome. He worked at Rev for a long time. And it was just a punk club DIY space. And he loved all kinds of music. So it was just a DIY music cool. space. Cool. And it was fucking rad. And they merged. Like, Life's Hall was definitely from the more punk DIY scene. And Carry On and those bands played a ton of shows together. And, f- like, fermented the scene that didn't exist before. And everyone you talk to who was around at that time will tell you that it felt magical that these are two bands that were very different, but were playing together and putting these shows together that really were awesome. Yeah, for people at home, uh, maybe the maybe if you don't know those two bands, obviously there's no significance there. However, if if you're if you're like me, who is old enough to remember both, but didn't know this history, yeah, those feel like completely different worlds. And they became that. There was a split. Okay. We can touch on that, but they were together in a way that helped build two very small things these weren't big interest groups straightforward kind of hardcore that was known on the east coast as canon didn't really fucking pop on the west coast even the more like you had to lead metal or you had to lean punk Mm. and that was it and there was no real world for more straightforward hardcore there for a long time you know in the post the wake of the late 80s there just wasn't a lot of that and so these dudes kind of did that and worked together. And while they're doing it, I don't think that Carry On Stab in the Face record is very good. They do a seven inch on Youngblood called Line is Drawn uh, that is better, but still never didn't really hit me. And that was a big deal. They were a band from California who did a record on Youngblood Records. Weirdly, I did not know that. Yes, because this is all kind of quick. This yeah. is at a weird dark time. 1998 is a rough time. <laughs> And then do a seven-inch called "Roll with the Punches" on uh, Teamwork Records. Again, another like traditionally, this is an East Coast only label. Teamwork just did stuff for East Coast, mostly New Jersey, PA, straight edge bands, and they did this seven-inch for a band from California. You know, and uh, Carry On worked really hard to break down a lot of walls and a lot of the perceptions, like. You know, we talk about the jokes that get thrown around about European bands. The, like, the second-class citizen main strikes of the world. Like, like how that was kind of a joke. The Sportswear. Sportswear. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Know. To say that that was not... that The same kind of aspersions were cast upon stuff that wasn't from the East Coast of the more straightforward hardcore leanings. Let me just say this. If Go It Alone came out in 1996, the respect that was put on their name 10, 12 years later wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for bands like Carry On. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for Carry On, straight up. And uh, I think they don't get the recognition for that. They kind of built this world up. They, They kind of pop off because American Nightmare comes to the West Coast, plays... Now, note, Carry On played with bands like Floor Punch when they would come through. I don't know if they played the show, but they were the dudes who helped book the show and did the whole damn thing. I think they did play with them. But then they were still doing their thing when AN comes through a couple years later. AN 
sees them, reps for them, is like, holy shit, these dudes are doing something cool. This is a band everybody should support. That leads to them getting signed to Bridge Nine, leads to the LP, leads to the whole thing. That's where kind of everyone puts their attention is that time period. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that the time before that, from 97 to 2000-ish, is this weird, while the music is not what I would consider the best material, I think that Roll With The Punches record is pretty good. I think when I've gone back and listened to Line Is Drawn, it's it's not bad. If you like that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. all that should float. If it wasn't for them, the whole Northwest scene, the Rivalry record stuff, 1917, Sound and Fury. The React react for sure all that kind of stuff i don't think that exists or if it does it doesn't exist even at the same level because that band did a lot and i say this as somebody who's not really a carry-on fan like that's just no we can can acknowledge that it had that it had uh ripples and but i think that they had such an interesting history that that's something people should try to examine take a look at and we get asked sometimes about building a scene etc yo look at that era is a band who worked hard. They built scenes in places that there weren't. And like it's funny to say there wasn't a scene um, in Southern California. There was. But there wasn't yeah, a I scene mean, for like what Adam- they wanted. No, yeah, you know of course. I mean? There were the adamantiums of the world that were fucking enormous. Throwdown was a band. Yeah. Todd, Todd <clears throat> talked about it. He's like, I didn't play with Throwdown and Carry On until... I didn't play with ter- Throwdown and Carry On, period. I didn't play a show with Throwdown until like... Two years into terror, or right. something like that, like yeah. 2003. There's or something. never the twain shall meet. Yes. Well, uh, r- real quick, uh, <coughs> that whole building a scene thing it demonstrates a great point here, which is uh, your natural inclination might be to align yourself with bands that sound exactly like you, build right. a strong scene that way. But uh, when not. I point to shit like Long Island, it's not because I'm like a stand for Long Island. I hate a lot of that fucking music. Yep. But what those kids have done very well over the years is look past each other's musical preferences. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and just say like, yeah. hey, you know what I mean? This is going to be... Strength the numbers, this go- Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is going to be much bigger if we just fucking link up. Uh, link and build, fam. So, yeah, and that's that's the thing. If you if you want it, keep working at it. Do, do this thing. They didn't catch... Like, honestly, that's also a band who did a full U.S. tour in 2000, and now it's quick, but they busted ass to get out here, and I think it was Carry On, Count Me Out, Striking Distance. And okay. I think they had a couple okay shows. Yeah. They played to 15 people in New Jersey. <laughs> they had some bunk ones too. Yeah. And it was a lot of that grind and struggle because they were from California. They might as well have been from fucking Missoula. You know, it didn't matter. It didn't have any, it didn't have any weight. And what I'm saying is that I think after they existed and built things, because Todd goes, he's in Carry On for a little while. He goes and does Terror. Uh, one of the dudes goes on and does, a couple of the dudes go on and do Knife Fight. Um, internal later, affairs, right? internal affairs. Uh, you know, all these side projects. Quick, all, quick. Brian side. George goes and does this youth. Co- they're doing all these things. Eternal, internal affairs stand up. Have you checked it out recently? No, I, I wasn't a fan. Oh, you weren't a fan then. No, I liked how abrasive it was. It was a very in your face. live. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, live, yeah. It that, awesome. That's probably that's what I was feeling. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's also the, before Youth Cody did that. Like he was a buscox guy. That's right. He did. Uh, what was that band? I don't know. It had a minute. But yeah, the the something in the old war suits. They were all yes, dressed like yeah, mods. Yeah. Oh, but I suit, think creatively, suit, suit band it's more more interesting. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of those dudes went and did bands. They influenced entire regions, like they influenced San Francisco that had this little bump all of a sudden where 
bands like Lights Out, bands like Allegiance, yeah, yeah. all these bands pop up. The there was a time period in uh, the South Bay where these bands like Final Fight, um, Set It Straight, The Miracle Mile, Set Your Goals, all these kind of bands like are directly influenced by Carry On and would tell you that. Mm. Some of those bands used to cover Carry On. Some of those bands went on to Dangers, etc. Like some of those bands stick to your guns. Like they they you can follow these lines that point back at Carry On and it's an influence in a lot of different ways. And one of the biggest notes that I want and I'll kind of quit it here because there's two points I want to touch on what Tom asked about and I'll touch on this. They were homies with Life's Hall. They played shows together. There was a sort of split in the vibe because Life's Hall was kind of punk but thrash core, yeah. bandana thrash thing. And I want to be real honest, a lot of people were wearing costumes at that. Oh. You know, um, a lot of people. I think you mean yeah. all people. I'll yeah. say it. And then on the other side, the carry on dudes, you know, people were moshing harder, a little bit more into it, maybe more jockey. There was a literal split that people have talked to me about at a show where they were playing together and one group's fan base was mocking the other for being too tough mm. and the others took offense to it and it snowballed into a fucking palpable thing and a split. And you could watch that. I moved to California in 03 and I saw the results of that where there were these parsed scenes and it was like, oh, this, this doesn't make sense. Like, why don't these bands play together more often? And there was a lot of shrugging, like, uh, you know. Uh. <laughs> and it was sad. So they were a great example of kind of keeping it together. Um, the straight edge thing hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. Dude stopped being straight edge before the record was finished. Did people know that? Until, not until they broke up, right? Uh, I mean, it was, floating, oh. it was floating in the ether. I did. Yeah, but I'm saying not like, everyone. it wasn't widespread. Not all the band members do. Yeah, it's pretty fucking wild. Mm. Did he X up and shit at those shows? I don't remember. I don't know. I didn't see. Under, undercover straight edge. I think it was a hard thing. And I, I the, you know, the, the lens of time asks the question, like, should they have done it? Should they not? I feel like there was some felt obligation, which is a weird thing to say. Like, I feel like there was, they felt like an obligation to do right by this label. Right. Who, like, put Bridge Nine put, it put, put themselves under it and yeah. we're like, Hey, we're doing this. Like we want some support to it. Now, obviously that's turned out to be a great long-term gamble. <laughs> that record became one of the iconic records of yeah. the era. Yeah. And you know, then beget relationships to other bands, including, you know, this little band known as terror. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think that it didn't immediately hurt, but it maybe is, it was like a thing that when it's been talked about, people feel weird about. Did it like impact their legacy, would you say? That's a really tough question. Um, I think no. It's, uh, you think no? I think no. Yeah. I, I think that people that people that liked it, I think liked it for the riffs. You know what I mean? I really do. I think there's a lot of people who really ride for the lyrics on that. Yeah. yeah? Oh, I don't know. The, I, the, I don't know. the yeah. hardest kids still sign their name. I don't know that I've heard that song and I know that line. Sure. Yep. That's exactly so, right. Good point. Um, I think there's a lot of people who write for it. It might be one of those cases where it maybe it hurts the legacy a little bit, but that this is the example that we try to tell people young and old. It matters what your relationship to it is. If that shit rings true with you, fucking fuck who said it. Right. Who cares? You know, great. Yeah. I, I think there's 
like that dude uh, did a lot of stuff. And, you know, I think his testament in Carry On was, was uh, as somebody who was the big singer of a band who got achieved a level of success at the end of its career and never really got to enjoy the fruits of its labor. They never did a last show until years later. Right. I think 06 maybe they did a Carry On last show because they were like, yo, we never got to do a last show. I want to do a last show. Let's do it. At the showcase, it. right? And they did, and it was fucking wild. Like, <coughs> two nights, right? Mm. That they sold out two I nights. I think two nights, yeah. I mean, they definitely sold it out. Yeah. It was one of those like outrageously packed things. So shout outs, big ups to carry on. And I hope people go back and check that out. And even more so, if you can kind of like look at what we do uh, on the Patreon episode, which I hope you all get to hear. We talk about Youth of Today for a while. And we talk about how they kind of changed what hardcore looked like wholesale, for better or worse. I want you to look at what Carry On did, what you see from the West Coast, specifically California, but the West Coast as a whole, before them and then after them, and there's no worse. They did a lot of good, and they made a lot of things better and easier, and they served as kind of a flag post for a lot of bands after them, which is pretty fucking awesome. I think of the bands that we spoke about today, this is the one that I still see name-checked in any way. Yes. You know what I mean? Um so shall we... Uh, let's Texas is the reason. Yeah, let, let, let's close let's up. Let's go back our, and forth. I think we both have a set of answers here. Uh, okay. So I've got a wide variety. Some people saying the band is amazing. Uh, yeah. My personal favorite is, uh, let's see, Big League Jew 69, who says... Uh, he's, Followers of self-defense. He says he's uh-huh. 23. Uh-huh. Got jerked off to them a bunch when he was 18. Wow. And a uh, good band backed hard. I didn't know kids were jerking each other off to Texas is the reason. That's crazy. I, I'm impressed. I don't know that I believe him by using the, he's using the vernacular good band backed hard. That's true. That's not a 23 this year old thing a, to say. We're getting this catfished. Yo, this catfish. This is a scam. You're 32 if you were dead. Scam. 32. Like, yes, back when the OC was on and I was getting jerked <laughs> off. You're fucking 2004. Yeah, no, that's a fraud. That's Dude. a fraud right there. Right. What you got? Born, probably born uh, in 69. I got uh, 20, amazing band, 25, one of the best to do it. I'm under 30, and I think it's just okay. We might be honing in that people on the younger side, 25, don't hate, but there's a lot of bands I like from that sound slash era I love way more. I think, here's my theory. They're having a, re- res- like a <laughs> they're coming back with young, young yeah. kids? And indie songs. Um, mm. My theory here, they are a blind spot for people 28, Eight to thirty-five-ish, could be, with exception, because they were recent enough that they weren't looked back on, and that people under that age range are looking at them more in that historical, like, oh, let me check out bands from this time frame. Um, and maybe it's maybe that time frame of blind spot might be thirty to thirty-five. You know, it's some variance there, but I think that people who are younger, and and I had a couple of the the text friends who I hit about this who gave really good answers. Um, I think I don't think so, at least not a lot of hardcore kids. I got into them because in high school, I was super into emo stuff. I think that had I not been influenced by that, I wouldn't have gotten into Texas Reason. At the time, too, I was all around mostly people older than me, so I don't know that many young people, like 18 to 22, listen to them. I'd say probably their age range is 25 plus, maybe. Could be wrong, though. I think they influence a lot of the emo bands hardcore kids do like. I just don't hear many people actually talk about them. That's true. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you uh, have strong feelings on Texas is the reason or any band that we discussed and we are totally out of pocket, you have you can speak for a large group of people. Uh, at axe to grind podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us an email or tweet us at axe to grindcast. Or you can even go to our Facebook, facebook.com slash axe to grind podcast. That group is popping off. Yeah. Yeah. We got anything else? <clears throat> We got other stuff. I think we're uh, we we go on a minute. I, I'm gonna say let's I'm gonna say let's cut it, and we can hold because we each have one more that we can hold for a future episode on the same topic. Let's see. Wait, if wait, pe- wait, wait. Tom, oh. Tom's got an idea. Oh, you got something? What you got? Do we, we want to talk about Kid Dynamite? Uh, I never want to talk about Kid Dynamite, but if you do, I will. I mean, I have a funny like. Let's do a quick. Let's do it. We've got ten minutes in ten seconds, so let's go. Okay. Time time. Case. I have a good like a little bit of like. Trivia that oh, people right, might not please, know yeah, about yeah. Kids of Dynamite. Okay, yeah. We're I'm not going to tell you right now. We're going to believe. Yeah, let's oh, hold so, off on that. So, Kid Dynamite. Oh, we're going to. Oh, it's, we're teasing? No, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Okay, we're teasing. No, we'll we're talk about Kid Dynamite, but I'll. Give okay, the, yeah. Okay. okay, Kid Dynamite's another one who's been our rewritten list. Um, a band who, to, to explain their heat when they came out, is almost hard because Lifetime is a band who, when they were a band, nobody cared about. Posthumously, people cared with a fucking fervor yeah and i think that jersey's best dancers record really it's that was great but i'm saying like i think they really started to pop off with that yes and this is only a Two-ish year or two later-ish years later yeah, yeah. i mean i didn't like the 98 i never gave a shit about lifetime until jersey's best dancers and then i went back yes you know what i mean Same. and i think you know so people were fucking they broke up kind of prematurely not prematurely but prematurely for like they Got that sound down. They got their sound down and, and then, then break up at what should have been the time when they exploded. Blew up. Yeah. yeah. So someone was, they were fiending for something from these guys. Right. And so they put out a demo. It pops. They immediately do a record with Jade Tree, who was kind of a big deal anyways right then. And so tell, so huge. the demo was written a year before it came out. Yes. Mm. They didn't uh, have, yes, they, yes. They, they didn't have vocals, but they tried out a bunch of people. Oh, right. right. So now, so the band is, Danny Yemen on guitar. Yep. Wagon shoots on drums. Yep. The Who played dude. bass? Do you remember? Oh, hold no. On. Hold on. Let me just look oh, at wait, the demo I dude. have in my pocket. It's that dude uh, who went on to other bands. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. No, no, no. You'll know. Oh, I think you mean facetious. No, I, no, I mean it. I mean, uh, when you no, see no, his no. name, you're going to be like, oh, that guy. I think. Is it the guy who went on to Loved Ones? Dave House? No. Steve oh. Burrell? Oh, okay. Noisemaker, Steve Farrell, Dan Neiman, Jason Chefchuk, and Dave David Wagon shoots. Okay, then no, not that guy. But so anyways, they didn't have Jason Chefchuk from Bound yes. on vocals. But they were trying people out. And a young Patrick Kinlan. No. No, he did not. That would Imagine be a great fiction. Uh, I can't do a uh, fun fact, I can't remotely do what this man does. Uh, Sound like Cartman? Normally that impresses me on some level. Jesus! I hate this, have always hated this, have nothing positive to say about this. I'm going to go back and listen because I do that for everything that we we talk about. Yes. But as a kid, you couldn't get me let... I don't like... I don't think you like like pop punk. Correct. (laughs) Was there anything even in that realm? Like what's the poppiest... Of that kind of stuff, because you do get in some popular sounding indie, sure, yeah. and you you vibe on like new wave and some like post punk <laughs> and like proto punk poppy stuff. Oh, uh, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I've been like Gary Newman. I I do it like does, Gary Newman. Yes. No, I I uh, something we talked about on a recent podcast. I want to say uh, 
made me revisit Naked Raygun in a more oh. concerted, like I'm going to listen to but that all sort of falls halfway. I mean, some of that shit is straight up like rock of the type that yes. then pop punk bands pulled. Yes. Yeah. And I, a lot found, of people don't, don't acknowledge that. I found myself loving it in a yeah, way I that feel I like there's a lot of naked ray gun you could ride. Right. For. And, and there's that one record that I am familiar with, but I really was not familiar with their catalog and I've been enjoying it. But, uh, I mean, there's you a fuck lo- with the clash. Love the clash. Yeah. Like I feel like some of the popular, like Spanish bomb. Oh, sure. Come on. Like that's as close as you get to pop. Punk. <laughs> you know what? I could say that, but then I got roasted online for fucking, I tweeted the other day, uh, that I like that modern baseball song. The, yeah. What the fuck was that? I got murdered. Mobo. I got Jesus, murdered. Dude. I got murdered. Uh, I just like it. Every once in a while, these fucking songs that get through. And you do like ska, so. That's true. Um, ska sucks. You don't like propaganda? Uh, I, I like the abrasive lyrical nature of the early stuff. Like, fuck religion. They're but, pop punk, though. Uh, for they sure. But, I, but musically, I don't enjoy it until Today's Empires, which I think is, is fucking rocking. Yeah. Was, um, what about Dillinger 4? Uh, don't care. Okay. Don't, don't care. Do uh, not mad at it, though. No, I never, it never got me. Uh, a lot of people who like propaganda it's like those yeah uh, I'm sure that there's something called pop, like pop punk that I enjoy I'm sure, sure. but I just don't, boy. I don't know he's got those Menzinger sweatpants so alright mm. see what you're saying Kid Dynamite <laughs> the other day uh, hey I want to submit you for this Menzingers uh, tour I don't remember do you have beef with them uh, this was the yeah, question yeah, yeah. posed to me and I said Mm, I said they sound like the Goo Goo Dolls and they ignored me in the airport and he's like that's a, that's, no, he's a, that's a yes what I understand. <laughs> that's a yes <laughs> They really don't sound like the Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, to, I, 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 I think do. I said they sound like the Goo Goo Dolls playing um, like whatever pop punk fucking band of the moment. I, I said something shitty about them, unless you like the Goo Goo Dolls, which actually all a drug church except for me does. But like the, the uh, uh, I don't actually have any beef. God bless whatever the fuck the Menzingers is doing. But uh, no, I, I, I enjoy some of their music. I don't know if I've really you never heard, heard that it. song. I don't want to be an asshole anymore. No, good title. I never heard it. It's and the whole video is Jason. Sorry, yo, dude. What do we got? Goo Goo Dolls, man. You can't fuck with that record. Uh, I, a boy named Goo. God I, damn. I, I don't fuck with that. That record, record is great. I, I don't fuck with that. Record. All right, I'm just gonna let this play. It's totally right, yeah. dramatic, but so Jason Shepard. Long way down. down. Yeah, such a good song. <laughs> this should be the aim of the next Drug Church LP. If it was up to my fucking bandmates, this is where we'd already be. Can you grow hair out like Johnny Resnick? I don't think so. No. Yo, he kind of had a Rachel haircut. He did have Rachel. Yeah, he did. This is more aggressive than... This is more grunge than Drug Church. That's probably true. How do you not like this? Yeah. yeah this is really I mean, this good. is like Empire Records soundtrack shit right here, and I'm, yes. I'm not usually mad at that, but... Not into this. Way down. All right, fuck it. I'm a Menzigers fan now. I love Goo Goo Dolls, Menzigers, and everything else. All right, you're gonna after we're done here, you're gonna go watch the I I don't want to be an asshole anymore video. All right, because right, Jason Voorhees is the central character in the oh, whole thing. Okay, copyright and he, strike. And he doesn't want to kill anybody. Oh. He keeps He's fucking, reporting them, but he keeps fucking up and killing and people. killing people. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I know, I know Can you tell goes. the story about the Jeff Run for Cover once gave us where at 6 a.m. in the UK he was proclaiming his love for Third Eye Blind, and you turned around and went. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Is that why he hated you from it? No, no he those other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I don't recall that, but I. But here's a weird. You're thing. not ruling it out. No, I'm not ruling it out at all. I, there's certain bands that when people talk about them, I that's almost the meanest thing you can say. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, you know what I that's think. Pretty is, close. You know what I think is the meanest thing you can say. 
I well, think, that you can say. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, but I think the meanest thing anyone can say is <laughs> a sincere, you fucking idiot. I think I think yeah. I think idiot. Yeah, I when you say it with you, when you say it with full conviction, is as mean as anything. I almost in the world. got up right now and went at you. Yeah, you just because you look at my general direction. Yeah, yeah. It was like when you say you fucking idiot and you mean it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's on. Yeah, you're okay. You know? Fighting words. That's but, gonna be the Ice Grind cassette tape that we do is an exclusive at at, uh, at Generations <laughs> where it's an exclusive episode <laughs> called Fighting Words and that's gonna be the hardest shit we say. But you have to go buy it on a cassette. There's no digital download. Yeah, nah. You got to play it on a cassette and you can hear the crazy shit. Right. That would be a such a good take it to a public park, play it with great. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Kid Dynamite. Um, they takes were him a year to way. find Jason Chevchuk, Apparently. Yeah, it takes him a year. They record. They hit. Um, as as our buddy Dave said, their demos were like three dollars, and everybody's like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" <laughs> Rockstar, how dare you? A five dollar demo, and each of I could. Um, the they blow up immediately and do big tours. And mind you, it's a double sided c- demo. Yeah, how many songs on that thing? Six One, songs. Six yeah. songs with Jay singing. Yeah, right. three songs on each side. So it's not even. So that's a pain in the ass. That's true. To get but produced. They, that's true. So maybe three dollars <laughs> isn't really that big. No, Any demo indecision ever had was on one side. Yeah, and the other side was blank. So yes. to take down the record industry at your own home, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. So they they pop off, then they break up, and their last shows are bonkers, bonkers, bonkers. Is that like the church or something? The church, yeah. two shows, two nights of the church. Um, super fun. One of those shows where you could stage dive and just keep rolling Float forever, and just yeah. dive again and roll again. Um, Fun, fun as fuck, and I I rode for them. I don't know. Neither Patrick hates them with an ire. No, no idea why. I I mean, I I don't know why these. Uh, they were fun, and you didn't like fun. That's what it probably. is. You know what? You're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Tom, did you fuck with them at all or not? Really? I love. I mean, I remember I went specifically into ge- the city to, to Generation oh, to buy the demo that they put on consignment at Generation Records. They did that at Curmudgeon and Edison too. Yep. <clears throat> I liked it. I really loved that demo, and I remember seeing them with like Judas Factor and shit. Yes. And then I didn't give a fuck anymore. I don't know what happened. Huh. I don't. I don't know any of the records. Like I think both the LPs. If you like it, you like it. It's good. It's fast. Short songs. Whatever. It's fun. It's pop punk adjacent. Like you can't. It, like it's it's hardcore only because it's fast. I guess. But it's short songs. Um, really up tempo and kind of bright. They break up, and is our theory that they maybe got more popular when they broke up yeah i would tend to think so yes <laughs> and they yes i do <laughs> they kind of uh for a minute there's this first wave of like pop punk hardcore bands mm-hmm. yes um and we'll include good and bad dagger mouth shook ones um set your goals jenna berlin <laughs> is that do you polar bear club polar bear club yeah, polar yeah, bear yeah. Club. but actually, i think all those bands Oh, a fucking shit ton to Kid Dynamite. Yes. Not clean vocals. That's, That's how right. water music and Kid Dynamite brought yeah. the yeah, way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I drank a fifth of whiskey before. Yeah, that whole, the, the fest scene, the no idea stuff. Yeah. Sure. Um, so then they decided to do some reunions. I don't remember when they did those. 06, 07, somewhere in that range. And they were big. <laughs> they were fucking big and people were pissing their pants excited about it. But... In my in my estimation, and this was a debate, and we hope you guys can help us solve it, they've had diminishing returns or they're less a part of the conversation in the last, say, eight years. But that band was fucking enormous for a minute. And the argument being like, yeah, like 
all you guys who have these broad tastes and uh, there's a large palette at this point. This band apparently is falling off the radar, but what do you guys think? Do you think they've fallen off the radar? Uh, I bet. Th- here's here's my hypothesis. When you tweet it, in a way, in a way that, in a way that the other bands that we talked about today probably don't enjoy. I bet that the person who was listening to Kid Dynamite is still listening to them regularly. Huh. That's my hypothesis. <sighs> oh, I don't. First, as somebody who listened to Kid Dynamite, I don't know. I can't tell the last time I put them on. I'm going to see what Spotify has to say about this. Okay, yeah, let's see it. I might have looked at that. I don't know if I did. Tom, what's 2005, your the band played a reunion show at CB's to as a benefit. Oh, I didn't right. That. Yes, okay. So, With gray area. Yeah. 11,000 and a half uh, monthly listeners. Uh, okay. Which... Not nothing. Not nothing. Biggest song? Biggest song uh, is... Never met the gooch. No. Uh, Probably. Heart Attack. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know these fucking songs at that all. That doesn't matter. It's the listens. It's the streams. Uh, that's uh, about a quarter of a million. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and a lot of shit is over 100,000. Sorry for people at home that don't find that sort of information particularly interesting, but... Uh, it gives... It just... It's, it's one of those things that, like, these numbers don't go f- that far back. Right. So it's easier to just kind of get a feel like <clears throat> what is happening right now when people are listening to this. Also, uh, really not uh, on any relevant playlists. So, so those aren't, those are natural. Those 11,000 are largely natural. So, so like, I think that this band has people that still, still listen. Okay. Uh, do you think young people do? No. Younger. Okay. And this is a band no. who their energy is young, but maybe it's, maybe it's now the music people put on to, to get up and put the fucking Ben Gay on our knees. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, oh. What do so you got? my piece of gossip. Oh yeah. Not oh gossip. fuck, we didn't even hit it. Yeah, yeah, dude, I we almost waited Jeez, too long, and then the band makes me so irate. I just blotted this out. So one of the probably many people that tried out for the band, John Pettibone from Undertow. Huh. Whoa. Which would have been a completely different fucking deal. So here's my question: How did did he try? He went and practiced, right? And did it. Yeah. Right? So this is at the time he lived in Jersey. Oh, he lived in right. the East Coast that's for right. a while. Yep, that's right. So it's sort of like, um, oh, you've seen it, like uh, America's Best Acapella or America's Idol. Wagon shoots, Yemen, and Farrell sit up at a table. table, Right. right? And then they press play and you sing along. Right. Sing along, sing along. And they sing, they sing and they jump around and they watched. What? Yeah, <laughs> he fucking bit the bit. I, t- yeah. I took. The, I I I was looking. He up gave the sincere the numbers, like, "What's yeah. wrong with you?" Yeah, no, I was in. I fuck. Like that that's what they did. Freaked me out. It was like it was like uh, that movie uh, uh, with the cheerleaders. Fuck, you fucked with my head there for a second. <laughs> bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. Uh, it was very bring it on for a second. Not another teen movie. <laughs> so uh, that would have been interesting. But they turned him down because his vocals were too negative sounding. Yeah, probably <laughs> true. Probably true. But, I mean, this is also... Jason was coming from a metalcore band. That's true. Bound X, Bound X was a fucking full-on metalcore band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Quite quite ins- uh, offensive cover of uh, King of Pain by the police. Oh, really? really? Oh, yeah. Can we play it? <laughs> yeah. Offensive, like, bad or like... Offensively I bad. Offensively Let's bad. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So. Uh, it's, it's fun, but it's offensively bad. Let's they were it. one of the first bands that I remember in the early 90s or mid-90s to wear makeup. Oh, that's interesting. 
Like I don't know if it was a singer. Somebody and in now the band this is wore a different, like this mascara. Is not, this is a different band than the Bound from Mass, right? Yes, they're yes. from Jersey. Yeah, Bound from Mass is a band that people talk about with like these like the starry eyes and looking out into the distance of oh man that was the band. Like if you talk to the dudes like Trey, they're all like no that band should have been huge. Really? Yeah. Oh like no! Bound Did they do Mass. Paint It Black? Maybe I'm confusing my terrible covers. That's okay. Um, X Bound X. Yeah, let's see. I think it was King of Pain, and I think it was bad. No, okay, so... Uh, let's see. Fuck. No. Hmm. X Bound X, you think that we're going to find it that way? Right, I don't know. It's they were called back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh this song, this is different than I thought it was. Hell yeah. In this day and age... Is this BJ Thomas? I feel like he sings all the songs. Yo, this was Axe to Grind. <laughs> We're a hardcore for, podcast. Thank you for joining us. Have a good one. Axe to Grind. Cast at, on Twitter. Yeah. Axe to Grind podcast at gmail.com. Thanks everyone for their continued support. And patience. Love y'all. Bye.